WFI AM 640. Bill Handel here on a Saturday morning. And uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Does that sound uh, at all sincere? Uh, maybe. More than most of the time. All right. Coming up right after the show, 11 to 2 o'clock, Leo Laporte, Neil Saavedra from uh, 2 to 5 o'clock, 6 to 8, Mo Kelly, Monique Marvez from 8 to 10, and then Brian Suits. Uh, with the Dark Secret Place. Brian, now here will be heard twice. Uh, once on Saturday, 10 to 12 is normal time. And now a new normal time from 8 to 10 on Sunday night. So you get twice the Brian Suits. You also get twice the Mo Kelly. Uh, 6 to 8 o'clock, both Saturday and Sunday. And the new show, well, it's not getting... It's, not so new. It's getting fairly in in the uh, programming now. Is the Dean Sharp, uh, the House Whisperer, home with uh, the House Whisperer, Dean Sharp, and that's from ten to eleven o'clock on Sunday mornings. All right. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Now, uh, virtually every municipality has a leech uh, a leash law. That makes sense. No, you don't want your dogs running around and eating people and just getting in the way, running out on the streets, et cetera. So, uh, and if you're caught without a leash, you're in violation of the law. Well, South Dakota also has a leash law. And Jerry Kimball ha- was in violation of the leash law and got a ticket for $190 because he failed to put a leash on his pet boa constrictor, Lucy. When he took her to the park. I mean, as he uh, told, obviously, this became a rather enormous story. So the local newspaper, the Argus Leader, interviewed him. And he said, quote, he, and he's talking about the uh, animal control guy, was literally asking me to put a rope around my snake. I was like, dude, no. I was dumbfounded. So the animal control supervisor told the uh, told the paper the ticket was appropriate. Why? Because snakes fall under the same restrictions as cats and dogs. Now I don't know how you put a leash on a snake. Well, I know how you put it around its neck, but it's uh, who the hell knows uh, unintended consequences. You think they would even either say it is limited to four. Four animal, four-legged animals. Although, what do you do with your pet chicken? I don't know. What do you do with your pet snake? I don't know. Uh, what do you do with your three-legged dog who lost a leg in an accident? I don't know. Would that be exempt? All right, let's take some phone calls. Hi, Sherry. Hello. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Well, I have a friend whose son is all is married, but all but uh, divorced. He's fairly separated. Anyway, he wants to donate sperm to someone. Okay. And I and we wanted to know if he can do that or his wife can legally stop him. No, no, his wife can't stop him. They could have been married for 46 years and his wife can't stop him. I mean Okay, so nothing legally she can do. Nothing legally she can do. If he wants to donate sperm, uh, go ahead, God bless him. Now, is he talking about someone he knows? Yes. Make sure that he does it through a doctor's office. Okay. Or else he's dad. He's not a sperm donator. Um, that might not be a problem. Uh, that might want to be in the future. Yeah, that he wants to be a dad. Yeah. Well, uh, here it is. If he wants to be a father now, uh, then 
he can do whatever he wants. He can do it through the auspice of a. Why doesn't he? Is there sex involved? Is he is he stay, still able to uh, function sexually? Oh yeah. And she's able to function sexually. Yes. Why don't they just screw? Well, it's we. It's mainly a thing of of wanting to know if the wife had a say in this. She has no say. Okay. No say whatsoever. I mean, he can be married to her and have a child with someone else and have a full relationship. She cannot stop. The wife cannot stop him from doing anything. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you okay. so much. Yeah. You can always stop. You got to be careful with the word sperm donor. When you use the word sperm donor, it's very specific. And the reason that uh, you either want to be a donor or a dad, and if you if someone wants to be a donor, then it has to be through a doctor. There has to be a contractual relationship. that has to be in writing. And therefore, the donor really is a donor. In other words, having no liabilities whatsoever, cannot call himself dad, and having no ability to come in and say, this is my child. Can't sue for custody, can't be sued for support, and can't come back in and say, this is my kid. That's a donor. Everything other than that, they tend to call them dads. Dads can be sued for child support and are all day long. Dads can also come in and say, I'm dad, and I want joint custody of this kid, whether or not we get along. So you have to be very, very careful between uh, donors and uh, those that are fathers. Now, in the world of donors, I have to, to tell you, uh, it's it, most men are potential donors and have been their entire lives. It's a question of practice to get there to produce uh, the sperm specimen. So most by the time you're asked to be a sperm donor, you pretty well know what to do. You don't need a lot of instruction in that regard. Hello, Matthew. Hey, good morning, Handel. How yeah, are you? I'm good. What can I do for you, Matthew? So I have less than $20,000 in debt. I want to file bankruptcy, and I keep getting, oh, we can do it for you for 2000 Oh, we can do it for you for 1500 I just need to know whether I should do it myself and pay uh, a paralegal a few yeah, hundred dollars. Yeah, I or... would. I'd do it. Yeah, if you're talking about $20,000, it's a simple bankruptcy. And uh, if uh, I'm assuming that there is your own property. No, I do not. Okay. Well, a vehicle, that's it. Yeah, you're, just, you can go on. You can actually do it through the Internet. But you can, uh, yeah, paralegal is fine. I, I wouldn't hire a lawyer to do that. Awesome. Thank All you. Right. I appreciate it. Yep. Now, you're going to screw it up, of course, Matthew, and uh, you're going to bounce it back, and you're going to need to hire a lawyer to undo what you have done, and it's going to cost you twice as much. But, hey, what the hell? All I tell you is I wouldn't do that. But then I like paying lawyers because I just happen to feel that way. All right, this is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. What's the latest? I am Leo Laporte, the tech guy. I can't believe it. I'm holding it in my hands. The brand new Samsung Galaxy S8. I got the big one, the S8 Plus. And you know what? I'm going to show great impulse control, and I am not going to open this until the show. We'll unbox the brand new Samsung phone and take a look. I'll give you my review, my quick first impressions, and answer all your tech questions this weekend and every weekend with me, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Leo Laporte, this morning at 11, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. 
Uh, hello, Donnie. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, now, Don, Donnie, hold on a minute. I'm looking at the screen, and I notice that there may be some questionable language here. So I'm asking you to yeah. be, be a little careful for the radio, please. You got it. Okay. Uh, so we have – I called 311 one day because we have a city problem and stuff like that. And they come out. They don't do their job right, and they leave. They just they, – they do whatever, and then they leave. Then another city official comes out, like an inspector uh, from the neighboring city, and said, hey, where are these guys at? You know, they're supposed to be on top of it, whatever. They end up coming out and doing the job right. After they did the job right, then I go and try to get get the report because, you know, I got a lot of damages, obviously, to my stuff, right? So when I go to get the report, the city manager goes, and says, you know, I, you got to leave. I'm going to call the police. You know, I go, look, I just want the report of what you guys did. And then he goes and he throws all these profanities at me. And, you know, kind of discriminating me, kind of. Well, wait, wait, discriminating you in what way other than uh, he was rotten to you? Yeah, he was rotten to me. You know, nobody ever talked to me like no, that. No, I get I it. But that, that's, that's not discrimination. That's him just being a rotten guy. So did you yeah. ever did you ever get the report, Donnie? Never got the report. Are you entitled to the report? Uh, he wouldn't tell me. Uh, you get to find out because the guy is just an ass. Uh, that's what you have. You went to the department. You went to a municipal department where the guy is just a jerk beyond jerks. And so, number one, yep. you get to find out if uh, you're entitled to the report. You may not be, for all I know. Uh, but if you are, you have to go to different uh, a different way. But what is your question? You want to uh, find out if you have any recourse as to what he called you? Sure. No, he can call you that all day long. He can get fired for it, but uh, you're not, you can't sue him for that. Can't sue him for no, that. No, of course not. What, you're going to sue someone every time they call you a name, even if they're in official capacity? Donnie, just don't, you don't sue people because someone uses horrible language to you. Yeah, and no, it doesn't work that way. And it may be true. Maybe you are, whatever he called you. Oh, yes. Patricia, hello, Patricia. Hey, okay, so I recorded a phone conversation, uh, and I want to use it in a court case. Can't do it. Can't do it without their permission. Well, they asked if they could record the phone conversation for quality control in the beginning of the call. All right. An automatic recording. Then you said, and you said yes to that. Well, yeah, I continued on the phone call. Okay, and now you're saying you want to use that conversation. Yes. Okay. Because they already, I mean, the expectation of privacy, there was none because they, they already told me the phone call was being recorded. Right, so and you and you agreed to that. Well. So uh, I guess you yeah. that they recorded it. And, okay, you want to use that? Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, the argument they're going to say is, gee, we allowed it, but you didn't. But okay, uh, once it's out there, it is out there. So what's your question? Uh, if I could use it, because the Department of Managed Healthcare told me that I couldn't. It was just yeah, uh, I think, an attorney there. So Yeah, well, the attorney's going to tell you, but here's the problem. Because you allowed them to record it doesn't necessarily mean that they allowed you to record. It has to be double consent. And I think that's where the attorney is going. Oh, okay, okay. So what when they say, here's what happens. When someone says, uh, gee, we're recording this for quality assurance, and it's a human being that says that, uh, Here's what I would say, and I'm going to suggest you do this again. Number one, 
Uh, this has nothing to do with quality control. You're recording this because when I sue your ass off, uh, you can at least uh, say that I didn't say what, I, what I'm about to say. So it has nothing to do with quality assurance. Uh, second of all is I'm recording you for quality assurance. Now let's go on. And if they continue on, it's been a double. Uh, it's been a double uh, agreement that you're going to be able to record. So I think. Uh, I mean, they have a point. What is it that they that they said that you want to nail them on? Uh, it's just a bad faith claim with the IPA. So I was trying to submit it to the Department of Managed Healthcare just to help expedite their case. But I'm going to be suing uh, our health insurance company. Oh no, man, yeah. You have a lawyer on that. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, we've been kind of searching around. I haven't signed a retainer yet with anybody, but but there, uh, and lawyers yeah, are so. and lawyers are willing to take it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a there's damages. So okay, so there's and, and they're not it. and they're doing this on they're doing this on contingency and not wanting to write a not wanting you to write a check. That's correct. Oh, good. Okay, then you probably have a good. Yeah, so call you know call your choose a lawyer. And uh, find out, you know, don't take my word for it. This is why you want someone who actually does this. My understanding is uh, I think the lawyer on the other side was right. Uh, you, uh, they did not give you permission to record their side of it. All right. This is Handle on the Law. And Julie Slater in the newsroom. Julie, what's the news? Post-truth. Alternative facts. Fake news. Truth. Facts. News. KFI. An iHeart Radio station. Come on! I said, This is KFI AM 640. We're stimulating talk. Bill Handel, Saturday morning. And welcome back to Handel on the Law. Hello, Jesse. Yes. Yes, go ahead. I've had a DNR on file for years, and a couple of years ago I had a surgery, and I stopped breathing, had an apnea episode, and they had to start me breathing again. And before the surgery, they even confirmed that I had the DNR on file and yet restarted me. I was wondering if that's the case. You want to sue them for keeping you alive? Yes. And what are your damages because you're alive and not dead? Well, I'm really, I, I'm in severe pain all the time. I'm tired of it. Yeah, I know. I understand. Why don't you kill yourself? And then, because and then your problem, and then your problems are all over. Because I don't believe in that. But who? I, wait a second. I, who doesn't believe? Feel, who, who doesn't believe I, in that? I feel like I missed my bus, Bill. My time came, and yeah. they, they took it away from me. I. Uh, you know what? I. Yeah, I can understand that. I don't think that's going to go very far because your argument is going to be. It's a very interesting argument. Your oh. argument is going to be. I'd rather be dead than alive. And therefore, my damages are that I'm alive and not dead. Uh, that's a tough one to bring to the courts for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, it's a public policy issue where the courts are not going to get into uh, literally looking at, okay, alive, dead, dead, alive. Are you better off dead than you are alive? Uh, that's a real tough one to argue. It's almost metaphysical, so I don't think the courts are going to uh, deal with that. So, I mean, the easiest way is to just go get a, a whole bunch of sleeping pills and just swallow up, and you're done. Well, spiritually, I don't believe in that, but I believe that my time came and they took it away from me. Yeah, well, I get that. Okay. Uh, now, are you going to get a judge to buy that? I w- not me. If I'm on a jury, I just think you're nuts, Jesse. Eh, if you, if you, yeah, if you want to go, do it. I'm not going to get in your way. 
whatever you do, just don't jump off a bridge uh, and uh, make sure that uh, you do it in front of me. So, number one, I don't care if you do it in front of me. I'm fine with that. But the traffic issue, I don't want to sit there while the coroner is scraping you up off the pavement. I've had that happen before. I was on a train down to San Diego, and somebody decided they were going to do themselves in, so they got in front of the train. Boom! Four hours on that damn track. I'll tell you, if the guy hadn't killed himself, I would have gone out and killed him just for keeping me waiting on that train for four hours. God, I'll never forget that. That was horrible. Queenie! Yes? Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you, Queenie? I'm sorry, Mr. Handel. I just seem to be hitting the wall, and I keep calling and periodically calling you and bothering you. Yeah, you I do. was in a full federal courtroom situation where the real uh, federal judge who's um, asked for big favors was uh, a couple of inches behind his chamber door, but about eight or ten inches was open. He, I did see him. He saw me, and he... Um, U.S. Marshals in between, and then on the right side of me, uh, of the bench in that federal courtroom downtown L.A., 1994 or so, uh, is the traffic court judge I had butted heads with. And I had said something to him and people who were also waiting to plead, uh, you know, traffic school. They went, ooh, like that when I said it. And I didn't think I had said anything. Okay, Queenie, I'm a little confused. Federal court is not traffic court, so why were you in federal court? I was told because I had been making a pest of myself running from attorney to attorney. Yeah, so you went to federal court. Then I uh, was called by U.S. Marshal and other people, come in and we're going to resolve this. I said, can I bring... The U.S. Marshal called you up and asked you to go into federal court to resolve an issue about a traffic ticket that you... Where am I confused here, Queenie? No, it's... uh, Federal uh, traffic court judge, uh, abuse of power. Federal court judge, abuse of power. All right, so how did you get into federal court? Uh, I was called, told to come in, and that they were... doesn't work that, Queenie. It doesn't work that way. You have to actually file papers. No, No I said, do I need an attorney? When I I was on the phone, they said, come on in. We'll decide if you need an attorney or not. Uh, And then I said... uh, Queenie, 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 how's your medication doing, sweetheart? uh, Sir, you're doing the same thing what they did to me. Yeah, I know. Can I tell you who my workers were, co-workers? No. Matter of fact, I didn't even hang up on her. I think uh, our screener did, or we just lost her. Yeah. I remember I was in traffic court, and I took it to federal court. I wanted to originally take uh, it to the Supreme Court of the United States, and they almost took it. They almost took my traffic ticket. It was really close. All right, Tim. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yes, I have a quick question for you. Um, I just had $7,000 worth of uh, uh, plumbing costs to redo my sewer line because my neighbor's roots grew into them. Uh, do I have a case against them? Absolutely. You know Absolutely. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's their roots that went into your sewer line? That's correct. And if you can prove that, right? I mean, that's not that hard to prove. You bet. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's your lawsuit. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. You go. Okay, um, you, oh yeah, it's done. You, it's 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 a classic case. Your neighbor caused you damage for what your neighbor did. Okay. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're good. That's a classic small claims case. All you have to do is prove it now. You know, photos and the plumber and all of that. Hi, Mark. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. Okay, married couple. Uh, husband has a credit card 
and uh, and his own checking account. The wife is not a signature on either one, and the wife somehow gets a check off the credit card and, and draws forges the name and draws cash off the credit card and out of the checking account and forges the name. Is the husband responsible? Well, are are they still married at that point? Well, yeah, at that point. Yeah, they were, then but- it's tough. If they're still married at that point, yeah, it gets tough. Probably. Oh, man. Probably. I'll tell you why, because uh, the wife's going to say, hey, I had permission to do it. No, but she and, forged the she forged No, I get it, but she's going. But he's going to say it's a forgery. And uh, so even she's going to say, hey, I signed his name. I gave him permission to sign my name. That's what she's and going to say. And here's the problem. The, it's the credit card companies. You think they're going to write it off if they don't have to? Right. So, but, of course, but, they're not going to. They're going to argue that it, they were married. Uh, he says, well, I didn't know. Uh, she, first of all, they're going to argue forgery. So, or they're going to say, come on, that's not forgery. Second of all, they may say, okay, she signed it. But so what? I give my wife permission to sign my name when I'm not around. No, but uh, she she is not. Uh, she was not a signature on the. On I understand. No, I get it. But you have. They're going to argue. But you had permission to sign my name. I think they're. That's what they're going to argue, Mark. Who is? Is this you? No, I'm calling for my brother-in-law. Okay, you're, how much money is uh, the uh, the wife, who I'm assuming is going to be an ex-wife pretty soon, ripped off? Well, she's severely ex because she's no longer living too. And um, it's it's over ten thousand. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's what you get for marrying the wrong person. Uh, that's true. I mean, that's it. I mean, just it's your choice. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would argue if it's only ten thousand dollars to find out you marry the wrong person, that's actually a bargain. Because uh, you know, if I ever find out that I married the wrong person, and I look at what Marjorie has actually cost me over the years, I'll kill myself. I mean, she has to be the right person under any circumstances because. I can't even begin to deal with how much money she has cost me if it turns out she's the wrong person. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. From time to time, you'll have trouble in life, from relationship troubles to plumbing issues in your home. But all of life's problems can be solved by following some simple rules. I'll explain on this week's Jesus Christ Show. The Jesus Christ Show. Tomorrow morning at 7 on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Welcome back to KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hi, John. Yes. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yes. My question is, uh, when a city hires a contractor to do, like, road uh, surfacing work, and that surfacing work causes damage to a vehicle, can they exempt themselves from the damage because they hired a contractor? Um, Well, uh, they can never exempt themselves from damage anyway. Because uh, the city, I mean, theoretically it could, legally they could, but they don't. So they are negligent for what they do. And But you can go probably right after the private company. It's far easier who did the work. What did they do that caused you damage? Well, they resurfaced the road in a residential area without notice that the road would be uh, completely blocked off. And 
when we pulled out to go to work, we were directed by the road servicing people to follow their direction to get out. And in so doing, I picked up uh, tar on my tires, which caused, got gravel, and the gravel caused damage to the fenders as well as the car itself. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Now, now, have you gone to a a service, a mechanic, and were able to connect all of that together? Yes, and I've gotten uh, sure. Put, uh, put in a claim. You want to put in a claim with the city? As long as the answer is yes, put in a claim for the city. Put in a claim to the service uh, people, the road service crew, that company, and uh, you're going to talk to their insurance company. They're going to tell you to go to hell, and you sue. Uh, probably I'd sue them in small claims court. I would just go after them and not so much the city, except if it was a city employee that made you go in a different direction. Then you have to bring the city in, but that becomes a, a huge mess in and of itself. So I would go, it was, so let me ask, it was the uh, the road service company that put the tar down, correct? Correct. And uh, there were, uh, there wasn't a warning or a sign that said do not enter or any of that. No, there wasn't. In fact, we were physically being directed by workers on the road. And was it uh, city workers or their workers? Well, their workers. Yeah, then I'd go after them. I'd go after them. And how much damage uh, are we talking about here? It was $3,000 in damage. Uh, And my question basically aroused because the city sent me a letter saying that they contractually work with the contractor and therefore exempt themselves from any damage no, the contractor they can, does. I mean, they can try themselves. They could, but you don't want to go through the city anyway. If you can get through the contractor, that's a small claims case, and you go immediately on there. Yeah, that's what I've done. Yeah, I've filed that's what, I, that's what you want to do. I think you handle it correctly. Absolutely. Uh, hello, Haley. Hi. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Um, well, I have a question of what type of lawyer would be the best for me and what kind of what should I go for? Um, I was married for approximately uh, 12 years. I divorced. My ex-husband got remarried, had two children with a new wife, and um, stopped paying me child support uh, roughly uh, six and six years after our divorce. Why are wait, wait, why? So how long has it been since he has paid you the last? child support payment how many months how many years ago it's been about seven years and you wait seven years and you have not yet gone after him i have but there's a twist he uh he divorced the second wife put all of the assets in her name put all of the debt in his name he he owed other people money besides me um and he has recently passed away and um since they were divorced, my son is next of kin and got all of his personal belongings, which included and I and I suspected that they were just divorced on paper um, to. All right, but but in, but as people. of right now, he has no estate, correct? Other than those personal belongings. Correct. All right, so where what kind of lawyer do you need? Going after whom? Going after his second ex-wife, and when and when was it? And when were when was uh, or were the assets transferred to her? Um, when they divorced, which is how many years ago? Uh, probably uh, six years ago. Yeah, I don't think you have much to go on, Haley. The statute of limitations well, is long gone. I mean, you can well, try. Even though, even though she's, uh, she told my son and she also told the funeral director, and he was wearing a wedding ring and had all of her credit cards in his wallet. He also got his cell phone with 
that you can argue, but you're going to have to make an attack on the estate. You're going to have to make an attack at least onto her assets, and then argue mm-hmm. fraudulent conveyance. And it is it's a tough way to go. And how much money do you think is there that she's holding on to that your husband brought to her? Um. You know, I have no idea. I just know how much he owes me. He owes me well over a hundred. Yeah, no, I understand. But if there isn't money, if there isn't money there, I mean, this is a triple laden lawsuit. Because right. well, she she told the uh, funeral director that they paid off their house. All right, she, fine. That, but uh, so what? I mean, yeah. whatever she told the funeral director, uh, she's number one going to deny it. It's also uh, going to be hearsay anyway. So. Uh, here, you need a family law attorney, but it's going to be a tough one for you, Haley, because you're not going after anybody who's making any money. You're going after someone or you're going after someone who received assets six years ago. Mm-hmm. And you then you have to unravel the purchase of a house. And it's it's a very, very big deal. But the kind of attorney you go to is a family law attorney. And uh, they'll all give you a, a free consultation, at least the ones on our website. So you can go to handleonthelaw.com, just say you talk to me, and sit down and just have a conversation. But I don't think it's going to go very far, my opinion. But I don't know. Do- what, what about criminal charges? No, that she, won't happen. That won't happen. She admits that it was all. Doesn't matter. It won't happen. First of all, she'll deny it. Uh, no. Second of all, it won't happen. They're, going to go, and they're not going to go after her criminally. It's a civil issue. Okay. Yeah. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640 Handle here, hour number two of uh, The Legal Show. I want to remind you, uh, today, uh, starting at 12, registration at 1130, I am hosting a cunning dental permanent teeth in a day seminar. Come on by. If you're thinking of dental implants, uh, you'll meet the crowd. I'll be there. Uh, You'll meet the doctors, the patients, see how it all works, money. And if you can afford a new car payment, you can certainly afford new permanent teeth. So registration begins at 1130. It's on Central Avenue in Montclair. That's Cunning, C-U-N-N-I-N-G. I-N-G. Yep. Cunning Dental. All right. Let me see. Phone numbers, as always. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. That's our number. I used to say toll-free. You remember that? And it used to be that we would have a local number. Locally, it would be, and then toll-free. And it uh, doesn't work that way. Although, how long have we had uh, 800-520-1KFI? I think we've had that almost since the inception of uh, telephone call-ins. And we don't do call-ins anymore. You notice? Well, handle on the law does, of course. But uh, we normally don't do many call-ins. Uh, and you know Why? Because people that call in aren't uh, the brightest people in the world. I've often said, if you're that good, get a show. 800-520-1KFI. All right, welcome to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. All right, this story out of uh, Thailand, and at first glance, you go, come on, really? I mean, how ridiculous is this? Uh, Police have arrested a man uh, trying to smuggle six vials of human semen into Laos. So who smuggles sperm into a country? And as I've been involved in sperm, not 
personally, although that's another issue. But uh, as I've been involved with sperm and sperm donors, as you know, my entire legal career, surrogacy, third-party reproduction stuff, uh, one of the things that one needs if uh, one is trying to create a child are viable eggs and viable sperm. And so uh, what happens if uh, the man doesn't have viable sperm? You go get a, a, a sperm donor. And if not, how about not viable eggs? Well, you go get an egg donor. And uh, if you don't uh, have a viable uterus to grow everything in, then, of course, a surrogate. And Laos uh, is the only country left in that part of the world uh, where, or excuse me, uh, where, where surrogacy is, is still allowed. Uh, the other countries, uh, Thailand, Cambodia, don't allow surrogacy. Banned it. Thank you. And that's because uh, they tried and uh, it became uh, such a string of scandals there. It became crazy. And uh, which is what happens around the world, which is what happens. Why I like why I do this here uh, at the Center for Surrogate Parenting uh, in Los Angeles. If you need a surrogate mother, call 1-800-SURROGATE. And also an office in Maryland, same number. And so the controls are pretty strong. And that's why it makes a lot of sense, which is why people come from all over the world to the United States, particularly California, to do surrogacy. So in this case, uh, someone needed uh, sperm donation. And from what I understand, you cannot bring in human semen from overseas. Uh, Laws are very strict on that, even the United States. It's considered human tissue, and bringing it into the States are tremendous requirements Uh, Tremendous controls. So uh, as this makes no sense at first glance, it makes a lot of sense. Any case, he is uh, he has been arrested and he says he's done this before a bunch of times. I have no idea what uh, the penalty is going to be, but uh, just thought I'd share that with you whenever I can. I I like to share stories in which I actually know what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, it's definitely time to take some phone calls. Steve, let's start with you. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Steve. Hi, Bill. Great listener. Love your show. Thank you. My wife and I bought a dog approximately three months ago, a puppy. Perfectly healthy and happy, running around the cul-de-sac. Just a wonderful dog. Went to get her spayed. 24 hours later, she was paralyzed. Uh Told the vet what happened, gave him a timeline, statements, invoices. $8,000 later, he basically uh, washed his hands, handed it over to his insurance company. His, uh, about a, three weeks later, his insurance company basically said no proof, no payment. No proof? The dog isn't paralyzed? The dog is paralyzed. No, I know that. What are they saying? The dog isn't paralyzed? You ought to make, you have to make you should make an appointment with the insurance company the adjuster take the dog in your arms and just flop it down on the table and go really not paralyzed insurance companies in Chicago we yeah I know I'm just uh, you, you people we gave, you, we gave them videos yeah I know I, it's statements that's an easy one that's an easy one how much did you first of all how much did you pay for the dog about five hundred dollars okay so uh, you're I, I don't know what a dog is worth that's paralyzed. Uh, spent eight thousand on medical. No, no, bills. I understand. I'm just trying to figure out your damages. Easily the eight thousand uh, dollars, the medical costs. That is easy. I mean, those damages are right there, easy to prove. Here are the bills. Here's what you paid. Dog Not now paralyzed. To the insurance company. I'm sorry. 
Not according to... Ah, no, yeah, of course. I'll tell you what. What a shocker. I've never heard this one before in all the years I've been doing this show. You know, I've never heard anybody bitching about an insurance company not coming to the table and paying what uh, should be paid. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out... I'm just trying to figure out what a $500 dog is worth when it's paralyzed. Yes. That's the that's the issue. Okay. We just want to recoup our I know, I know you do. And where do you think I'm going to go with that? Uh, take him to small claims court. You have all the proof in the world. That's uh, $5,000. I'm sorry? Small claims yep. is $5,000. Nope, 10000 Oh, okay. Yeah, 10. you're good. That's fine. Just uh, sue the doctor and uh, then say, fine, if the insurance company doesn't want to pay, then you walk into court and you're, you're going to get your money back. All you have to do is prove uh, that you paid these damages all you have to, pr- to prove is when this happened, and then all you have to do is uh, on the uh, table just put your dog uh, you down. Can, a, yes, yes. Yeah, I, and then I you will, have to prove it. Now, the only defense they're going to have is you can't necessarily connect the paralyzed dog to the spaying a month before. And uh, the if the doctor is up on the stand, is going to say, hey, any number of things could have paralyzed a dog. Uh, you never know. He could have eaten something. There could be uh, some right. kind of a bug out there that causes paralysis. And your answer to that, when you respond and you look at the judge, you go, come on, Your Honor. Is he serious? Really? It was most likely a dirty utensil. Maybe. You don't know. Oh, don't. Uh, I wouldn't come up and start talking about what it most likely was. Okay. Uh, okay. Because you are they're going to rip you to shreds. Okay. How, how do you know? Okay. When's the last time you practiced veterinary medicine? Just say it happened. Uh, the connection is there. Uh, dogs don't get paralyzed. And you think small claims is better than a pro bono lawyer? Yeah, pro bono lawyer is not going to take. Uh, they're not going to touch it. Okay. Yeah, you have no choice other than small claims. Although, you know, the visual of uh, taking the dog and just right on the table and go, hey, you know, you poke this dog. It's not moving. Okay, uh, one more. All right, uh, let me see. All right, Jeff, let's go to you. This is a fairly quick uh, answer on this one. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Yes. My sister was my sister was moved to a new assisted living facility in Los Angeles after I denied any responsibility for her. When her first assisted living facility sued me, turns out she is conserved by the county, and I had to wait for a letter, which arrived yesterday, to find out where she is. I talked to her, and she tells me they are going to operate on her because of a rash she developed after being injected with the Abilify antipsychotic. Okay. The Self-Help Legal Access Center in Ventura said I can't become a conservator until August because it's an annual thing. Is that true? I have no idea, but it doesn't make sense to me. It, uh, I can't imagine why you couldn't walk in the door and ask for the conservatorship because uh, the center has no control over the courts. And so it's not – they don't tell the courts what to do. The courts tell them what to do. The only issue is statutorily can you only do that. Is there a law in the books? And I can't imagine that because, uh, for example, let's say uh, you have a child or a parent or a sibling who has been in a horrible accident and you have to make some medical decisions right now. You go into a conservatorship. You ask for it. The court grants it to you so you can make the decisions so paying bills so you can deal with that person's estate. And is the court going to say, oh, no, no, it's only six months from now. You only have a window. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And so and why do you and why do you want a conservatorship to stop the surgery? Yeah. Why? 
Because that's crazy. Why? A surgery for a rat? Yeah, there may be something else going on there, Jeff. Have you have you see? Once you get a conservatorship, uh, you you what you do is you grab the medical reports and take it to a doctor. I mean, uh, Jeff, I'm assuming. Oh, wait a minute, maybe you can make that choice. Uh, you've been practicing medicine for how long, Jeff? So you can make that determination. That's <laughs> yeah, see right. my point. See, I guess right. He wasn't practicing medicine. This is handle on the law, Julie Slater. And uh, the KFI Newsroom, what is going on, my dear? Coming up today on the Fork Report, unicorns, taco pizza, and grilling. Not necessarily in that order. It might be taco, pizza, grilling, and unicorns. You get the order. The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra. Today at 2, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here. It's a Saturday morning. So much to cover this morning. And uh, the cases are getting pretty good. I'm enjoying these. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, Tanya, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hello, Tanya. Hello. Yes, ma'am. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, I have a... I have a family member. Um, he was in. He's in prison, and um, he was in a facility where um, they're supposed to help you um, rehabilitate um, um, from drugs or um, um, medical issues or whatever. And um, he ended up um, transferring drugs, so he swallowed some drugs. And they bursted in the system, so he had a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, and he, I'm, so he, and I'm assuming he died, right? Actually, no. Oh, good uh, for him. So, well, uh, uh, well, so he's not out of the gene good. pool. He's not out of the gene pool yet. Okay. Correct. All right. Correct. He's in really, uh, really bad shape. Mm-hmm. And so, your question? So, so my question is, you know, he was sent to prison to get rehabilitated and that didn't happen so are we able to sue for what tell me what the prison did wrong because he wasn't able to be rehabilitated he goes into a rehab center and in fact instead of being rehabbed uh, he decides going to smuggle drugs uh, of which uh, due to obviously his fault uh, uh, it uh, the balloon bursts and uh, the meth goes I'm assuming it was methamphetamine right and it goes, it goes cursing through his body, and he has this massive heart attack. So what what do you think the facility or the prison did wrong here? Well, that was the reason he was in there. I understand. You know? So what did they do wrong? Did they force him to take the meth? Did they open his mouth and cram it down his throat? Uh, I'm, well, how did, how did he get those in there? I have no idea. But if he's smuggling, see what he's you're arguing is you have to protect me against myself. You have the duty to make sure I don't do anything wrong, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. You, do you believe that, Tanya? He, well, he's. That's why he's in there. I don't, you know, oh. How about this one? You go to commit a crime. You're in prison. You go out. You commit a crime. Let's say you rob. You rob something. Uh, or how about this one? You're in for an assault of a police officer, and in prison you assault the guard. But it's your fault. 
prison because that's what I'm here for. And when I assaulted the guard, you should have known and do something. It's not my fault. It's your fault. Tanya, do you see where we're going with this? I understand that, but how did the how did they? I have no idea. He he sneaked the drugs in. I don't know. They're trying to figure it out. But do do you want to blame them for what he did by breaking the law? Come on, Tanya. Really? At what point is it your At what point is it your brother's fault for this stuff, or is it always someone else's fault? No, it's it's not. That's right. It's it's not. not. You got it. It's not the prison's fault. Wow. This is, you know, uh, and I've done this show for so many years, and it always stuns me how someone else is wrong. Someone else is wrong. It's never my fault. If I kill someone, it's not my fault. That person was standing in front of me when I shot. And it's his or her fault by being there where my bullet flew out. The gun. That's fantastic. All right. And we got some great phone calls uh, also coming up. So do not go away for sure. All right. Uh, Let's talk about another criminal act. And this is identity theft. Now, this one is this one can really affect you personally. And so here is uh, the latest breach of data. Uh, If a student applies for a federal student loan, there's an application that has to be filled out. And it incorporates uh, everything about the parents, social security numbers, the money, all of it uh, as part of uh, the loan. Well, that data has been breached. And guess what? Identity thieves get hold of this. They establish credit in your name. Uh, they buy things that you get billed for. It's just a It's just a, a nightmare. So I'll tell you what I do to protect myself. I'm going to suggest you look at this too, and that's uh, go to LifeLock. LifeLock is identity theft protection. It's that simple. They monitor, they'll alert you if there's a problem, and if your identity is compromised, they actually will work to fix the problem, and that's what's unique about LifeLock. And I've been a customer for years, way before I started telling you about this on this show. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction at every business, but my opinion, well, I've been a customer for this long. You think, tell me what I think about it. Membership start at $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes, Go to lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE for 10% your off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. That's lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE, or call 800-LIFELOCK, 800-LIFELOCK. This is Handle on the Law. All right, Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom with some news. It's KFI's birthday. You ever wonder how more stimulating talk gets made? Well, to celebrate our big day, we've got a timeline of events from our past, a video tour of our transmitter site, and even a 3D tour of the KFI studios during the Tim Conway Jr. show. He can be rather off-putting in 3D, just so you know. And you can check it all out at KFIAM640.com. Keyword, museum. And happy birthday to us. An iHeart radio station. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here on a Saturday morning. 800-520-1KFI. That's 800-520-1534. And uh, this morning, right after the show, if you are available, uh, join me at Cunning Dental. If you've ever thought of having implants, join me at Cunning Dental. Uh, We're starting at 12, uh, then registration 1130. And I'd like to see you there. Dental implants. New teeth in a day. It's in Montclair. I hope to see you there. If you're thinking about it, good information. 
Okay, back we go to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Hi, Marianne, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Um, this is kind of a unique situation, and I have to tell you, I'm a bit frightened when I tell you this, because I believe my house was bugged after a dental situation. Okay. After, um, a, den- went- Wait, after a dental situation. Yeah. So, um, I went to have my teeth. Um, I had a big injury to my legs and had used magnesium and CoQ10 to get off tons of methadone that it was used for the pain for my legs. Cause, and I'm a stock trader, so I'm a pretty pretty smart, normal girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I live alone with my border collie in a good house. And um, so after I went, after my fiance passed away from cancer in 2008, I finally went to an oral surgeon to start getting my mouth fixed. I used to have beautiful, God-given mouth, um, but methadone and all the dry mouth and all that stuff kind of, uh, you know, did, and I had a dentist at the pry that was pulling teeth instead of, you know, helping me really take care of my mouth. But I wasn't in a shape at that point to worry about it. Right, right. So after Lee died and, and I used CoQ10 and magnesium to drop 80 milligrams of methadone a day down to 10, mind you, without a day of withdrawal. Yeah, we have to get a little quicker on this, Marianne. Okay, okay, so. so anyway, anyway um, I had my I paid for implants and I paid for grafting. It's just that two years later, I would find out over two years later, I would start discovering that my when I took pictures of my mouth, um, that um, my implants had not been fully grafted. Okay. And so I had implants in there with no grafting around the implant. And then I had, uh, and, um, and I had a dentist from another state telling me, "Well, why don't, why can't you see the bottom implants on the very bottom?" All right, so I'm, I'm a little confused. So uh, effectively, Marianne, the implants simply didn't work. Correct? Okay. Well, the implants are still in there. The problem is, um, the implants because it wasn't they weren't grafted appropriately or enough. Um, the implants are too short, and now they're shorter than my teeth. All right, I get it. I, I get it. The implants didn't work. How does that have to do with the uh, the bugging here, part? Here I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Okay, so here we go. I went to the dental board, and next thing I know, my iPhone had been hacked. Oh. Um, my iPhone was hacked. I can prove it. Okay. Um, they not only hacked my iPhone, but they were coming in my home. Remember, I live alone. That's why right, I told yeah. you that. They were stealing the de- they were using the contractors to steal the dental records that were in between my bedroom mattresses. Now, if that doesn't tell you your house is bugged, how would they know they were there? Yeah. How would they know they were in my garage in the waste paper bin? I thought you so said it was between. I, I thought it, you said it was between the, the mattresses. Yeah, in my my bedroom. I, I, I know. What does that have to do with the garage, though? Uh, you're because. Ah, okay. So you have dental records in the garage and uh, and under your mattress. Okay. All right. So uh, because of that, they knew and uh, bugged your house. That's the only way they could have known where your files were. Okay, how did they know? Uh, and so, what kind of information did they get? I mean, what? Uh, how valuable oh, they changing, is? They were changing dental records. Like the index, yeah, why they would they do that? Why would they, they do that? They were manipulating the dates of pictures. Okay, of my why iPhone. would they, uh, Marianne? Why would they do that? Because there were because there were several different prostodontists and they were all covering because one of them uh, put. I was okay. So it's the okay. So it's the dentist, the prostodontist that bugged your house. Well, whoever they hired. Okay, and uh, with that, now what happens? I'm a little confused so now, here. More recently, they were putting somebody was putting toxins in my progesterone at night, so that when I was taking the progesterone, I was getting sick. Got it. How do they get the to morning. How do they get to your progesterone? Well, my progesterone's sitting out in my bedroom. So and uh, at house. night, aren't you there at night? 
Don't you no, sleep in your bedroom at night? I they were coming in during the day when ah, I was gone. And then they now put, uh, and they break, they break into your house. No, wait. I had bought ADT. Now, there were weird things happening with my ADT alarm. That's how I started figuring out that they had software on my phone that would allow them to hear and mm-hmm. to Google it to find out that was possible. Yeah, no, no, it, no, it totally is possible. You remember yeah, when you said this? I thought I was, I'm like, I know I'm not nuts. I'm no, no, not at all. You know, when you said this is kind of unique and I'm going, oh, boy, a unique phone call. You know what? It's that not, it's not that unique. I have to tell you, Marianne, it, uh, it does happen. Uh, you know, there are many cases with, uh, where uh, 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 Dennis and uh, what is it called? Uh, orthodontists? Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually come in, uh, bug phones to, yeah, yeah, it happens on a regular basis. <laughs> wow. Well, well, so they, I know that we're putting toxins in some yeah, of Yeah, no, I get that happens too. Putting toxi- toxins in uh, your medication. I get it. So what do you, I, I yeah, it's, it's a huge problem. I mean, I tell you, it's a huge problem. The dental board deals with this every day. They're trying to figure out. So what what they were doing is they were taking all, they took all the stuff I sent to the dental board and they took it out. And then they were changing the records in my home. And um, and then they they started, and I can prove they hacked my iPhone. I mean, that's. that's How do you know they hacked it, though? Huh? How do you know that they hacked it? Because they manipulated dates of records, and it's obvious. Oh, okay, have, because they're the only ones that would be interested in manipulating the dates right. of records. That makes sense. Okay. That's right. Okay, now, I got it. Thing. I get it. So, uh, what, uh, Marianne, what's your question? question? They were also, because they were taking the records, a friend of mine had told me to get a small camera and take pictures of the records, of the documents. But when I put them in a memory, uh, and he said, just because he spent years in undercover, he said, Marianne, get a, uh, a mini pad for women, and he said, take your memory card chip in there. They got to that, which means... They were drugging me because I wake up. Oh, in the yeah. Morning oh, you know what? It's my God, this story, I, the way you're telling this story, it's oh, exactly God. the complaints that are being filed. Man, what a, geez, what a coincidence, Marianne, how often this has happened. But let me tell you something. They've hacked my computer, but they got guys over in uh, the Philippines uh, that was working for my okay. completely. No, I get it. I get it. No, no. You're, you, the way you describe it is exactly what happens. And it happens, I mean, dozens of times every week. So, Marianne, what can I do for you? So there's nothing I can, there's no one I can, I mean. Oh, no, 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 no. There are plenty. No, there are lawyers that just. But listen, they've hacked my phone. They've stopped, but they've blocked calls for a year and a half. So they're listening. So they're listening to us right now. Right, Marianne? Yes, I know they are. Okay. What what would, and you want to know, uh, and uh, so what is your question? I don't know where to go at this point. Yeah. All right. You need to, I know. I get it. All right, sweetie. You need to. I know, I get it. Calm down. Calm down a minute, because there are lawyers who have handled these cases before. Okay, I mean, exactly this kind of case. Periodontists, uh, you know, hacking the the medical file, the dental files, and then bugging your phone. And I get it. That happens way too, unfortunately, happens way too often with those damn dentists. I don't know why they do that. Okay. I get it. I get it. it. Uh, Marianne, I get it. I get it. You've gone through the story. I understand completely. What would you, what what are you asking me? I guess what legal ramifications. Aha. Okay. Now you have to find a lawyer. How? Okay. I'm going to tell you right now how you find a lawyer. All right. right. We're going to get you a lawyer because there are (laughs) lawyers who have done this before, have sued the dental board and the CIA uh, and uh, the hackers who come in. 
I and, think it has to do with a CIA or somebody because I know I get it. No, no. It, by the way, usually in, the CIA is somewhere involved there, almost I knew always. It had to be. Of course it did. I agree with you, Marianne. Oh. We're on the same page. So oh here's God. what you do. Okay. Okay. You go to handleonthelaw.com. Yeah. All right. We have uh, way north of a hundred attorneys. All right, and then you write down exactly what happened. I mean, specifically. And then you want to email every single attorney that I have on that website. You need to know they've got access to my email because they oh, have... It doesn't matter. You're emailing an attorney. It doesn't matter. The attorneys are on your side, Marianne. The attorneys okay. hate those periodontists. They sue them all the time. They hate the CIA. They sue them all the time. This is an oral surgeon. Okay, that, they hate oral surgeons even more. <sighs> So and I trusted this person. I know. I know. I'm as offended as you are. I mean, Go to handleonthelaw.com. That's the answer, okay? Excellent, Marianne. Took a whole segment on this one, but, uh, you know, it's complicated. I mean, there are a lot of moving pieces here. We had to find a lawyer. Uh, I get it. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. Are you thinking about building a new fence? You know, the poet Robert Frost once said, good fences make good neighbors. All I know is a good fence keeps the weird guy next door from seeing me in my underwear. Home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Tomorrow morning at 10 on KFI. AM 640. More stimulating talk. You got that cheese. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here. Welcome back. Uh, more Handel on the law. Marginal legal advice. Hi, Sally. Welcome. You're up. Oh, uh, hi. Yes, uh, ma'am. Yes, I have uh, quite serious problems at this moment. Um, I silly enough to sign a contract with one of the buyers to purchase my business, and it was through my broker. It was agreed by the landlord, and now the buyer is... It's not doing what he's, well, doing something kind of illegal. Like what? Premises. Like what? Doing- like um, smoking pot or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Where do you get the idea that's illegal, Sally? Uh, because it's business instead of uh, uh-huh. uh, personal. Well, he, well, I know I understand that. It's Well, no, the business is not smoking the marijuana. He is smoking the marijuana in yes. the business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And your question is what? Uh, now the landlord is vacate uh, both of us since the lease is still on my name. And what? And I don't understand. Since the lease is still on your name, what's the landlord doing? Uh, eviting us to be out of his for, for smoking marijuana in the property. Uh, yes. Okay, and specifically said for smoking marijuana in the property. And and trashing the location. Well, trashing and- the location is different. Smoking marijuana oh, three, is three I mean, okay. Three okay, what are the things? Number one, smoking marijuana, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Number two, trashing the place, correct? Yes. Okay. Number three is what? Selling illegal drugs. Ah, and how do they? And how do they prove that? How do you know you're uh, selling uh, illegal drugs? Uh, the 
next door neighbor and and everybody complains. Uh, you know it doesn't. It. You know it. Do, it doesn't work that way, Sally. I mean, a landlord has the right to simply say not increase the lease, but. Is uh, the landlord breaching the lease? In other words, you have a valid lease and the landlord saying smoking marijuana, trashing the place and uh, drug selling. Is that uh, are those the three items of which he is evicting? It's a. Is there a lease? Is there a lease, Sally? Yes. Okay, and he's and he's breaching the lease. Wait a second. And he's saying there is no lease because of the breach. Correct. Right now, I just received uh, those recent for Okay, you. he's trying to evict you on a lease, and he's listing those three items. Do I have that right, Sally? We ha- You have to be specific yeah, yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so here's the problem. Number one, it is perfectly legal to smoke marijuana. Okay, it's perfectly legal to juggle. So, for example, if the landlord walked in and there he is juggling in the business, that's the same legality as smoking marijuana. You can do it. Number two... Arguing that they're selling drugs. Sally, if someone accused me of selling drugs, I'd sue them. It's an out-and-out lawsuit for libel. It's just now. Trashing the business is something else. That's valid. Okay. But they have to, how does he know that they trash the business? And how? And let's talk about what does that mean, trashing the business? Uh, everything in the parking lot. Uh, we have pictures. Of what? Of his stuff that's outside the... His stuff. He's he's using the parking lot to store his stuff? Well, more like a, a grab sale or church store or something like that. Oh, he's that. actually selling in the parking lot? Yeah. Okay, that's probably illegal. That's probably in violation of the lease. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. That's the one issue. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I have it wrong. Uh, smoking marijuana is legal. The juggling in the business is illegal. That's, uh, yeah, I hate it when I'm wrong, aren't you? Oh, Al. Hello, Al. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, I have an attorney that's uh, uh, on a contingency basis that uh, we're going to mediation in a couple of months, and he picked a mediator in San Francisco. The case was filed in L.A., and the mediator is going to charge me $10,000 for the mediation. Yeah. So, Two questions. Is that a normal fee? Yeah, unfortunately, it can be $10,000. It's not an hourly basis. And mediators... I'm sorry, is it going to be split between me and on. It depends on the agreement that's made. You don't have to go to mediation. You can say no. You have the right to say, I'm not interested in mediation. And I'm... So it's your call. It's not the lawyer's call as far as mediation is concerned. The other thing is, why would your lawyer choose San Francisco for mediation, which means you get to fly up there? No, he told me I'm not going. I'm going to be talking to the mediator on the phone. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, if everybody, that's fine. Mediation happens, so that's just the mediator he wants. He can do that. He's, uh, his paralegal said he's done it before. Yeah, you can do that. It happens all the time. It's on a contingency basis. I get it. So you're not paying for any of it, Al. No, and also it was supposed to be a personal lawsuit, and he made it into a class action lawsuit. No, not without your permission. There's no way he did that. If he's representing you personally, it doesn't turn into a class action lawsuit, Al. It doesn't work that well, way. Well, he made a de- He said he made a decision to do that. It's not his call. Okay. It's yours. Something is very wrong here. None, none of this makes sense. Like zero. But thank you for the call. Always a pleasure.
This is Handle on the Law. Traffic is getting worse. These guys are saving money to live out in the Inland Empire, but it's costing them tons of time. Hours and hours every single day. You actually have a chance to help people. KFI is fighting back. Jeff Baum, Mike O'Brien. When you hear Eye in the Sky, you're listening to KFI and KOST HD2. Los Angeles, Orange County. 24-hour news. More stimulating talk. Warning letters go out. I'm Julie Slater, live from the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Some of California's prison administrators have been sent a sanctuary policy warning letter from the U.S. government. It says one U.S. Justice Department grant could be in jeopardy because of the state's so-called sanctuary policies. The letter asks the state to prove it cooperates with federal immigration enforcement efforts. Similar letters were sent to other cities with policies that stop local police from cooperating with the feds, including Las Vegas, Chicago, New York, though not Los Angeles. California prison officials said the state is in compliance with the terms of the grant. Eric Leonard, KFI News. Santa Ana has to start looking for a new police chief. Chief Carlos Rojas has resigned and taken a job running the San Francisco area's transit police. He turned in his resignation earlier this week and asked that an interim chief take his spot. The Santa Ana Police Officers Union had already scheduled a no-confidence vote in him before the announcement. The city recorded almost 300 shootings last year. That was an increase of more than 180 percent from three years earlier. Police have said gang members and early release policies have been driving that. Andrew Mullenbeck, KFI News. A sweet museum that may cause spontaneous screaming has opened in L.A. It's all about ice cream. People are coming here because they love ice cream. Manish Vora is the co-founder of the Museum of Ice Cream. Its first pop-up location was last summer in New York. It's now in the Arts District in downtown L.A. through May 29th. It includes a banana room and ode to banana splits. And I think the banana split may be... KFI AM 640. Bill Handel, it is a Saturday morning. Another few hours to go right here, uh, right after the show. I'll be at Cunning Dental in Montclair. Join me for Dental Implant Man. And let me give you a phone number to call, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. That's the number, top of the hour, always the best time to call. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. All right, something's happening in Russia that I thought would never happen, although it's not surprising. And that is uh, the Russian lawmakers, the legislation, has uh, just introduced a bill to take Vladimir Lenin out of his mausoleum and park him someplace else, ostensibly being buried. It's embalmed. He died in 1924, and they immediately embalmed him and put him in uh, the Linden Mausoleum. Now, uh, let me tell you where it is. In Red Square, you know, that massive Red Square where you see the huge parades and the military stuff going down there uh, on October 17th, which is the anniversary of the revolution, and I think May Day, May 1st, International Workers' Day, or whatever the hell it is. That building in which the leaders stand on top of you know, there is a uh, sort of balcony thing in which they're waving, and that's where the leaders of Russia are. Well, that's the mausoleum. 
And inside there is linen, a very dead linen. And it's an embalmed corpse. And people walk down and see him. Well, they're pulling him out of there, or at least there's legislation, because frankly, the the, uh, Soviet Union collapses in 1991. The Communist Party is still there, but uh, no one pays attention to the Communist Party. And he created the Communist Party and ran uh, Russia until 1924. And then it was uh, Stalin who came in and took over. So, and going down there, and I don't know if you've ever been down there, but it's really bizarre. And that is you go down these steps, and there used to be huge lines, which no longer happen. Now they're very short. And foreigners used to go to the front of the line. It was like Club 54, where you go to the front and they'd let someone in if they're particularly good looking. And so there would be guards, and you'd walk down some steps, and there he was in the middle of the room, and there were flowers on all four sides, and there were guards on all four sides, and you were told, you shut up. I mean, you don't talk, you don't smile, you just very slowly pass by him, look down at his head, look down at this embalmed corpse, and then walk up out the other door. And very serious, uh, very somber, and uh, they were really strict. Well, that's been going on since 1924. And you're looking at the guy, but it's a, they do the same thing with Mao, incidentally, in China, based on what the Russians did. They do the same thing in Vietnam uh, with Ho Chi Minh. They just seem to do that in the communist countries. And so they're saying, we're done. You know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this cult of uh, personality with dead guys where you go past them. So uh, they're thinking of taking them out of there. So if you are uh, if you are anywhere near Russia, grab yourself a view of Lenin because it's probably gonna he's probably gonna go away. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, take uh, a phone call or two. Rob, you've been there for a while. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Rob. Hey, Bill. Hey, my daughter has a roommate dispute. Um, last summer, her and uh, five other girls rented a house down in San Diego, and uh, a couple of girls. It's a it's a large house. A lot of bedrooms. Um, a couple of girls uh, went with her, and they decided the value of each room. Um, and um, they started. They moved in. Been, been, been paying rent for the last nine months. One of the girls thinks that my daughter should pay more because okay. she's she's in the master bedroom with another girl, and um, <clears throat> she's gonna she's threatening to get a lawyer. All right. Well, and, first uh, of all, who's they? Well, of course, go ahead and get a lawyer. That'd be hilarious. Uh, whose name is the lease in? Uh, one of the roommates. Actually, five of the roommates are on the lease. Okay, and is your daughter on the lease? She is. She is. Well, okay, she's a leaseholder, so she just tells the other roommate, go pound sand. You don't like it? Move. Okay. Yeah, let her get a lawyer all she wants. Does she plan on paying for a lawyer? You think she's going to pay $300, $400 an hour? I, I I guess she's from a rich family, and she's threatening that her parents have a lawyer. Fine. So. Then just you just say, go. Go ahead. Okay. We have an agreement already, and all of a sudden you arbitrarily decided that I'm going to be paying more money. I'm on the lease. Right, right. So what is it? I, I don't get it. Let's say they do get a lawyer. What What is a lawyer going to argue? That one of the gals has arbitrarily decided that the other one should pay more money. Exactly. I mean, that's uh, crazy. It's, yeah, all right. Nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing's yeah I wouldn't worry about it. No, that's just uh, someone threatening. It's uh, blowing smoke. 
It's uh, that just that simple. Steve. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, I have a question about code enforcement in California. Um, I had an ag-exempt, I have a 20-acre farm. I had an ag-exempt barn. Um, I received a code enforcement notice that I was in violation because I had a non-related vehicle parked inside of an agricultural barn. We were putting the motor in an old truck. And it was All right, let me get okay, let me get this. Uh you have a barn uh that you're allowed to have certain vehicles in that are agriculturally related and certain other vehicles you're not allowed to park there. Do I have that right? Uh that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you yeah. had a non uh non-exempt uh, you had a vehicle in there that was uh, not allowed per uh by the law. All right, got it. Well, so move on. Uh, to make to make a long story short, uh, I don't know that I was, but I feel like now, after a long time has passed, and I talked to another person with a similar situation, I feel like that I may have a judgment against me for a fine. No, no, it doesn't work that way. And uh, how do you know if there's a judgment against you, if there's a fine on the record? I mean, they have to let you know. Uh, not one time did they All right. And how long ago, uh, Steve, how long ago was this? It's been eight or ten. I wouldn't years. worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I wouldn't worry life. about it. No, no. If you have a fine from eight years ago, I I wouldn't sweat it at all. Joseph, hi, Joseph. You're up. Welcome. Yes, Bill. Hi. The reason I was giving you a call is that we just went and applied for a home equity line of credit to uh, help us do a uh, kitchen remodel. And we did it for 50000 and we were declined due to the fact that we were in collections, which we never knew. And the reason happened is that um, in 2015, in like November, we hired a exterminator to tent the house. We gave them a check at the day that they uh, came to put the tent up for the full amount. So we did pay them in full. Mm-hmm. However... What ended up happening is the employee never submitted the check. Ah, uh-huh. so it never cleared and they never got the money. Okay, and they exactly. dinged you they on their credit. Them. They ever sue you, and try to get the money? Well, that's what I'm trying to negotiate right no, now. No, no, did, did they ever sue you? Did they ever try to collect? No. Okay. No, well, I never got notice. All right, it's just so. On my credit report. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> so it's time to call the pest company and say, hey, I owe you money. And uh, and explain what happened. I gave it to this no, guy. And, I already did. Okay, and they're saying too bad. They don't want the money. No, no, no. They they what ended up happening is about three months after um, uh, I found out that they did not receive the check. Okay, so I called them up and I talked to the people at uh, the the. the the place, and they said that that they would tear up the check because if they had rampant employees that would not turn in the checks on time. Wait a minute, so, they, they so you try? Wait a sec. Wait a sec. So three months afterwards, uh, you find out that they hadn't uh, the check yeah, was not check. delivered. You call them, and they say, "If you send us the check for payment, we're going to tear up the check. We don't want to get paid." Do I have that right? Correct. Oh, come I on, really? The, I, what company? Yeah, I, what company doesn't want to get paid? Well, that's the thing is, I paid them. Uh, I went on electronic banking, and you have the proof them. that you paid them. 
Uh, yes. Okay, and they're still that. and they're still saying and they're still digging you for the credit. They're still saying. All right, got it. I All right, not pay them. Oh, uh, oh and you have same. paid them. Okay, and it shows and, and on the and it shows them. on the credit report that you have not paid them, even though you can prove you paid them. Exactly. Oh, that's and a good they're, lawsuit. They're, they're, oh, they're that's a good lawsuit. Good lawsuit. So the first thing you do is dispute the ding. All right, you dispute the negative report on your credit, and uh, then you and with that dispute, you all, you send in the proof that you paid it, and they will eliminate the negative on there. Uh, I would consider suing them, but before you do anything, you have to get that uh, negative uh, that negative uh, report out of there. Uh, you know that listing. I mean, that's that's the first thing you have to do. So once you get the negative out there, and they will. By the way, the reporting agency will remove it as soon as you prove that. Hey, I paid it. I don't know okay. where these people are coming from. And then I would. Uh, I don't know what your damages are, but if you were denied a home equity line of credit, and there's more now, interest rate has gone up. Uh, although a line of credit goes up and down with uh, interest rate, anyways, it's never. Well, uh, right now, we apply for uh, fifty thousand. Yeah, at, at approximately four percent. Right. Since we were declined, we have to go with a different company, not get a line of credit, but go for a loan uh-huh. for about 30 at about 16%. 16%. Boy, you have good yeah. credit, don't you? All because well, of, wait a sec, all because of this? You're going to be paying 16%? Exactly. It goes exactly. from 4% because to 6%. All right, so what happens once you get this uh, removed from your credit report? Well, my hope is to reapply. Yeah, and you do, and you reapply. And as a matter of fact, what you do is even send the uh, the lending institution saying, "Hey, here it is. This is a. I would even argue fraudulent. I really would. I would argue it's a fraudulent report that they're put on for the purposes of extortion." And uh, change it around. I think you'll be fine. And then not consider suing these bastards. Uh, getting uh, getting hold of um, a lawyer that that does this because they can what type of lawyer is that? Uh, a lawyer that does this. Okay. Yeah, I just want to look <laughs> one up. Just under lawyers, and then uh, the category is does this. Okay, you'll, you'll be fine. Not a problem. This is handle on the law. Coming up today on the Fork Report: unicorns, taco pizza, and grilling. Not necessarily in that order. It might be taco, pizza, grilling, and unicorns. You get the order. The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra. Today at 2, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. OMG, OMG, I'm back again. Original feel good is what I defend. I'm a believer, no, I don't pretend. Know it is right when you look up and grin. The person next to you felt the energy. Let's let them up even KFI AM uh, 640. Handle here in uh, the morning on a Saturday. Did I get that right? Yeah, or on Saturday mornings, one of the two. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hey, Jesse, welcome to the show. What can I do for you? Yes, hi, good morning. Yes, sir. Um, um, about seven years ago, I met this girl person, and we became boyfriend and girlfriends. As soon as I told me she, had, she was pregnant by coming to the relationship, so I, and she wanted to lose the baby. I said, you know what, we'll keep the baby, and I hope you uh, raise it up and everything. I'll be taking charge of it. The first three years she lived uh, in her place, and then the last four years she lived with me. Um, the baby had been, she's seven now, and then she, I've been the father figure for her, and she's called me daddy. Now she's, I guess, the last seven months, I know some changes, then she found somebody else. Got it. Okay, so she left yeah. with a kid, all right? So no, for... no, 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 she's, she's still here. She's still here. Okay, and, so she still lives with uh, you. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do I have a new? My question is, 
do I have any rights to see the child after she leaves? Well, when first of all, does she plan on leaving? Yes, yes. yes. Okay, I'm got it. Sure. And so, has she been with you since the baby was born? No, the last four years. Oh, the last the four baby. years. So, yeah. the baby, how long was she with the baby before uh, the two of you hooked up and you started living together? She, well, I was with a baby since she was born. Ah, got it. Okay, the, so now the baby seven. is now the baby is four, uh, seven, seven. Uh, you want to know if you can visit? I think you can do more than just visit. I think you've established what is called a quasi parental relationship, and that is more than just like grandparents want to visit, et cetera, and they want rights. Now, as the non father, you don't have rights at all unless. You have established a relationship with the child that the child looks at you uh, as father. In other words, you effectively have become the father. And she, does, she, she calls me that. Okay, that's a, that's even stronger. So uh, effectively in this one, okay, here's what the court says. This is one of those, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, we're going to call it a duck. And I think you, sir, are a duck because you've – here it is. You're going to argue it's to the detriment of the child – if you are removed and she uh, doesn't keep the parental relationship going, even if she leaves, you can still mm-hmm. argue this kid looks at me as dad. And that is far more important than a biological connection at this point. And mm-hmm. then she, by not allowing you to almost co-parent, and I think it's going to be up to the court, maybe a negotiation where the court will uh, mandate it. Uh, it's, right. uh, we'll have you involved in that child's life because you're going to argue and then psychologists get involved and all kinds of stuff that the child mm-hmm. will suffer because here's the way the courts work. Uh, they just care about the kid under these circumstances mm-hmm. and that's it. So, uh, I think you're going to be okay on that one. Now, yeah. if she leaves, you're yeah. going to need a lawyer to deal with it. Right. But, uh, yeah, the, you're in one of those very rare circumstances in which you can establish your right to the child as if you were a father. Now, I don't know if it's 100%, and I don't know where the court's going to go with this, but you certainly have the right to make that argument. So, uh, yeah. And that doesn't happen very often either. I've always said a quasi-parental, and then where, at what point does it become a quasi-parental? It's like Justice Potter, uh, I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. And I think this is the same case here, is that uh, he is uh, enough over the top of this establishing a parental relationship. Seven years from the time the little one was born. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Doesn't know anybody else. Yeah. Sounds to me pretty solid. This is Handle on the Law. All right. Is Julie Slater. Hello, Julie. There you are. Hi there. If you've been waiting for more stimulating talk, here it is. KFI and iHeart Radio Station. AM 640. Bill Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning. Back we go. More Handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. All right, Andrew, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Good Bill. How you doing? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Um, I am living in a, a house with uh, three other tenants. Originally, the place was leased um, eight years ago um, with four friends. The lease went out. The uh, people had rotated out. And we're all new individuals here. And now the landlord wants us, uh, basically strangers, to sign a uh, one-year lease. And? And 
And that's kind of like in reverse. You say you decided it or as a group, you're agreeing three strangers, four strangers to sign a lease for one year. Okay. And, uh, or, or, or leave. All right. And your question? Um, is, is that um, something that is probably legal? Is yes. It, I mean, yes. Completely legal. He absolutely can do that. It's his house. And he can okay. say, hey, here's the deal. Uh, there's five of you living there. I want all five of you to sign a lease. One year lease. Otherwise, uh, you know, I'm not doing it. Okay. So you are, yeah, completely screwed. So you move out of your sign the lease. And five people sign the lease. Eh, that's a tough one. Be, well, for all kinds of reasons. Uh, strangers and, uh, yeah, just uh, terrible, I think. All right, Dorothy, uh, you're up. Hello, Dorothy. Hey, good morning. I hope Marjorie doesn't mind if I tell you that I love you. Uh, how old are you? 80. No, she doesn't care. <laughs> and and you and I don't think you can tell me that my voice sounds like I'm 80. Can no, it doesn't. You? Actually, it doesn't. Actually, you sound uh, a lot younger than that, Dorothy. I, I hear you on this all the time. Okay. Okay. I have. Um, I just need to know. I don't have very much. I'm still working full time. Um, wow. Hold on a minute. You're working full time at 80. Yes. Good for you. What do you do, Dorothy? I work in a library. I'm called a library assistant. And it's it's like a paid position? Yes, it is. No kidding. Yeah. That's impressive. Okay. Thank you. No, quite all right. Uh, uh, you're impressive, too, but well, I didn't yeah. know that I wasn't. Yeah, of course, that, I of course I am. We're by, actually, I'm more impressive than you are, but that's neither here <laughs> well, nor there. I believe that. Okay, too. so what what can I do for you, dear? Well, I, I just need to know, I, I, ha- I have very little. There's I have a combined savings and uh, checking account. There'll, at this point, there's no more than 30000 in it. I don't know what it'll end up being, not much. Uh, but I have my son on there, so he can, one of my sons, he can take care of final mm-hmm. uh, bills and then distribute the money and that sort of thing. I have a small uh, life insurance from the city and a small retirement through CalPERS, and uh, all four of the kids are on both of those. Okay, so and, far so good. Yeah. And? Uh, all I have is a mobile home and a car, and neither one of them worth a whole lot of money. Okay, I, uh, uh, enough money to where if, um, uh, yeah, that, that's the only issue. The rest of it, you're fine. Uh, and you're wondering, do you need a will? Well, uh, yeah, a yeah, here, yeah or... here's, here's the problem with your real property. And that is, unless you put the property in joint tenancy with uh, all of your kids or one of the kids... Uh, then you're probably going to need a will. But if you okay. but if you put them on as joint tenants, uh-huh. then what ends up happening is you die, and then uh, oh, okay, hold on, you die. I haven't gotten past that yet because I still you're no, you're one <laughs> of the on, few. Give me a little no, 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 no. Listen, I, and I'm going to. I, you're one of the few 80 year olds that I would normally say, and you better do it quick because you're gonna you're gonna die by the end of this phone call. But you're not. <laughs> You're not. So if you so. if you transfer that property into joint tenancy, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if you can with a mobile home. And what else did you have? A uh, mobile home? Just a car. This and a car. Yeah. I don't even know if you can do it. But put their name. Yeah, you put uh, their name on it. Then, then it's all said and done. And all they have to do is file an affidavit of the death of a joint tenant. It automatically becomes theirs, and they can do whatever they want. Yeah. So, so that's is, easy. You don't need a will because you don't want open probate, even a summary no, probate. Yeah, you're fine. Do that. Yeah. Is, it, is there any? Is this related to like a transfer on death or? A, yeah, it's basically. Yeah, it's basically. It with the death certificate. Yeah, they all have. All they have to do is once once you uh, allow them. 
uh, an avenue to pick up the property through a joint tenancy or whatever. I don't even know what they call it, but certainly uh-huh. uh, if you're talking about a pension where they're beneficiaries, I mean, a- anything, you're fine. You know, okay. you can go ahead and die happy. All right. <laughs> Good for you. Hi. All right, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Yes. Hi, how are you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, um, I had a question. Well, I was um, recently like fired from my job. Oh, congratulations! Um, after... uh, what did yeah. you do? What did you do? Um, well, I was um, a proofreader at like a financial institution. All right. And pretty much um, the reason why they let me go was it had nothing to do with performance whatsoever. It was the issue of that had um, accumulated too much overtime um, with my hours, and then plus I had made too many edits on my time cards. All right. And I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't given a warning. Right. Or, and like, so what? What? What's your question? Um, I was wondering if there is like a um, any possibility like to sue them. All right. Uh, okay. Um, well, you're talking about an employment discrimination case. Uh, that's yes. for starters. Now, uh, they let's start with. Uh, I'm assuming this is California, right, Jennifer? Yes. They can sue. They can fire you for any reason at any time, other than if you're in a protected class, uh, being okay. gender, being well, women theoretically are, but not really. Uh, but certainly, religion, race, gender, sexual orientation, those are the big, big protected classes. Other than that, if you're a regular white person, you're kind of screwed. So, uh, on that one, that starts the conversation. Now let's go to issue number two, and that is, do they have an employment manual? Yes. And in the employment manual, does it state what the rules of getting fired are? Do they have to give you uh, notice that you're doing something wrong? Wrong. Can you go ahead and refute that and put that in the file? Can you appeal it? It depends on what it says, because they have to adhere to their own procedures. Yeah, okay. So read it. And if it turns out that you uh, they are in violation of their own manual, of their own employment agreement with their employees, being you, uh, and they uh, have simply screwed you over pursuant to that, then you have a uh, lawsuit, uh, I think, for employment discrimination or certainly wrongful firing. Then there's issue number three, finding a lawyer that's going to get within 100 yards of your case and you're not going to find one. Okay. Because there is there's just not enough money there. So okay. So what is the answer here? What's the takeaway? Get another job. Okay. Yeah, I know it's it's and that's the way it is. This California is a right to work state, which means uh, they can fire you literally for any reason. I mean, you, they, your boss can have a bad day and wake up in the morning and say, "I've had a bad day," and then pull your name out of a hat. Because the boss wants to fire someone. And, well, there you go. I was once in a courtroom that uh, the judge was giving instructions uh, to the uh, the jury on, on an employment discrimination case. And I saw it happen. I was being called for something else. And the judge said in this employment discrimination case that a, an employer can file... Uh, can fire an employee for any reason or no reason as long as it is in that protected class business. So another takeaway, if you are going to work and you want to virtually guarantee your employment stays put, that they're not going to fire you, here's what I'm, I'm suggesting. A minority 
lesbian in a wheelchair. That is going to protect your ass. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. Julie. Stay on the Mo Kelly Show. Bill O'Reilly is now gone from Fox, but will he take any amount of audience with him? And if you're hearing this, we've not yet been blown off the map by North Korea, who again threatens nuclear war. Also, jazz R&B guitarist Raul Madone joins us in studio for the release of his new project, Badass and Blind. Mo Kelly, tonight at 6. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Uh, 640. Bill Handel here. And it is a uh, Saturday morning, right? Another, what, couple, three hours to go till the end of the show. Followed by Leo Laporte right after this until 2 o'clock. And then uh, Neil Savager with a fork report from 2 to 5 o'clock. Back we go. More Handel on the law. All right, Gary, your turn. Hello, Gary. Welcome to the show. Hey, Bill, my uh, brother passed away a few weeks ago, and I'm trying to figure if there's a procedure through the court system that I have to do to get access to, like, his checking account to pay his credit card bill. Yeah, okay. First of all, let's start with, did he leave a will? No. All right. So uh, you can, and all of the accounts are in his name, right? Yes. All right. So there is a court procedure where you can go in and... uh, and start paying his bills. As a matter of fact, uh, that's what they want you to do. And so, and I don't know what the procedure is, uh, but uh, any uh, uh, trust in a state lawyer will tell you how to do it. And you may even be able to do it on your own because it's probably just a, a procedural issue. No one's going to contest it. It's something the courts want to happen as public policy. So just uh, go to uh, one of our lawyers on the website and just ask that question. You want trust in estates and handle on the law.com. Tom. Hello, Tom. You're up. Hey, hi, Bill. Yes, sir. Okay. uh, 34 years ago, I was divorced. I am a father of twin daughters, and I'm a construction worker. So I was ordered to pay $300 a month uh, child support for both kids. Uh, There always wasn't an extra $300 a month, so I, I quickly got into the arrears. My principal right now that I owe and I'm 63 years old, is uh, around 20000 Well, hang on a minute. Wait, wait, wait. So 34 years ago, you got divorced, and you had child support to pay, and, yes, your, and your girls were how old at that time? They were three. All right. So you had 15 years to pay child support. During the course of those 15 years, were you in arrears? I, I got into arrears probably around halfway through it. Okay, got it. And yeah. so now you owe a pile of money based on the arrears. Man, 80000 55 in uh, interest. In uh, yeah, around... that's kind of, well, I mean, technically, yeah, they can nail well, you pretty good. And there's no statute on that, I don't think. Okay, it, it, I just established early retirement recently, and they've just whomped that out. Every time I go to pay. Yeah, no, they can do that. They can do that. Oh, it's, it's time. It's time for you to go to the good folks, and I think it's the county that's picking up that money, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, because what your your ex did, she went to the county. There's a division that handles that. So you've got, yes. you have uh, some negotiating to do. Is it with them directly? Or yes, it's to- with the county directly. 
Okay, so it's a, uh, okay, all right, that's great. Yeah, uh, that's will, what you do, and try to get someone. And they have a uh, an enforcement division. They actually have a support invor- enforcement division. May even be a child support enforcement d- division. You sit and talk to them and have a nice long, co- you have a nice long conversation. But you know, keep in mind that the law does say when you're in arrears, mm-hmm. uh, then the interest rate and the penalties really start adding up. Not only does it add up, but as I pay $3,600 a year, those two numbers increase. They never get... Well, that's because the interest and the penalties, but it shouldn't be... How much in arrears were you by the time the kids were 18? How much did you owe at that moment? Probably not much, maybe five to seven grand. Yeah, then it's uh, that's. Uh, I wish you had sat down and talked with these folks then. But well, uh, you, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I know. You have to. Uh, you've got to go to that child enforcement division or that support child support division and just start talking. We're in Sacramento, yeah, right uh, yeah, and it's well, you can do it by telephone. And you, uh, but you have to have that conversation, and effectively, you say seriously, this is all the money I've paid. This was thirty-four years ago, and am I going to go to my grave? And doesn't matter what I pay, it keeps on going and going and going. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I would give you a break, but you know, that's me. You know, you have these people. Uh, you, they, some of them can be real bastards. All right, uh, let's for a moment talk about uh, your credit, your identity, actually, and the identity thieves out there that try to grab it. Matter of fact, it's so easy today. It's really a question of when, not uh, not w- not if. So here's what identity thieves do. They take all the information about you that's out there, and it's all out there, and then establish credit in your name and buy stuff, and you get the bill, uh, even get tax refunds. So uh, isn't that nice when you ask for your tax refund and say, oh, but we already paid it to you? Uh, and, of course, uh, the bank accounts. I mean, all of that's susceptible. So I'm going to suggest you contact the folks at LifeLock, people that I have protected me and my entire family because all four of us are susceptible. Kids, actually, young kids are even more susceptible. And what LifeLock does is it monitors what's going on out there. Someone, uh, for example, even requests a credit check, uh, much less actually applies for credit in your name. And then it will alert you. And then if your identity is compromised, someone has done something like that, uh, LifeLock works to fix the problem. So no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction in every business. But in my opinion, certainly LifeLock is the best out there, which is why I've been a customer for so many years. Membership start at $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your Ultimate Plus membership. That's lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE for that 10% off, or you can call for the same discount, 800-LIFELOCK, 800-LIFELOCK. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here, April 22. It is a Saturday, and today is uh, the Free Cutting Dental Clinic Seminar in Montclair. And I'll be doing it, I'll be hosting it right after the legal show. Registration is 1130. Uh, the festivities, the lectures, etc. start at noon. And if you're at all interested, if you've considered dental implants, uh, please join me at the Cunning Dental Clinic. And uh, that's in Montclair, the one in Montclair, their flagship uh, dental clinic. 
Okay, 800-520-1-KFI, 800-520-1534. And welcome to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. For those of you that think that the glass ceiling truly has cracks in it, and one of the few places that maybe there's more misogyny than in other places in the country, uh, you go to Tennessee, and uh, there is a fascinating trial uh, that went on. It was a rape trial, and there was a wealthy businessman, Mark Giannini, who was accused of three counts of rape. Uh, The newspaper said the woman he was accused of raping left crying and screaming. He argued that it was consensual sex and questioned the woman's uh, credibility. Uh, She had come to his house for a job interview, and uh, he then is accused uh, or was accused of raping the woman. And um, what ended up happening was Giannini was actually acquitted. It was a... He said, she said, and there wasn't, as far as the jury's concerned, obviously there wasn't enough evidence there to convict him or they simply didn't believe the woman. But uh, on the stand or during the closing arguments, uh, his defense lawyer told the jury that women are especially good at lying because they're the weaker sex. That's kind of interesting, don't you think? Uh, needless to say, he got nailed for that one. You, is it possible in this day and age you can actually make that argument in front of a jury? And even though I don't know uh, how many women uh, were on the jury, I don't know the makeup, male and female, it's kind of hard to believe there wasn't at least two, three women on the jury. When was the last time you saw an all-male jury? Matter of fact, in a rape case, an all-male jury, that's an instant appeal that would be granted. Women are especially good at lying because they are the weaker sex. Oh, they are the weaker sex. I mean, relatively speaking, I'm assuming they're, uh, that we're talking about you know, physical strength. And frankly, they are good at lying. Especially good at lying. So you put that together, and what do you have? You have me in enormous amount of trouble if I keep on talking that way. That's what you have. And that is kind of astounding that a lawyer would make that argument, especially if there are women on the jury. I mean, where do you go with that? All right, let's go ahead and uh, take some uh, phone calls. All right, Kat, let's start with you. Hello, Kat. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, um, I am building a shed. I'm in the process of building a shed. And so I did all the upfront work, um, Googled what the setback things were, called the city. I didn't find anything um, on my search. The city said, if it's 200 square feet or smaller, nothing to worry about. So when I went ahead. Who said, wait, wait, who said nothing to worry about? The city, the city zoning. All right, who, now what, now the, the city zoning is a group of laws. So certainly laws don't talk to you. What well, I, hu- called, uh, I called somebody at the zoning. Got it. And this zoning. person at the zoning said, don't worry about it. Exactly. Got it. Okay. And um, and so at that point, I 
texted my husband seconds later, and I said, nothing to worry about. It's going to be less than 200 square feet. So I got with the builder. He built it. Um, the neighbor behind me, so this is all a neighbor thing, there's a woman and her husband, and the woman texted me in the middle of the building and said, oh, I love the shed. It looks cute. It looks wonderful. I want one. And then two weeks later, we get a zoning out here that says, you violated zoning laws because it's supposed to be three feet away from property lines on both sides, and you're 2.5 feet. Well, hold on. So, when you wait a sec, wait a sec. When did you apply for a permit for starters? No. Okay. And the wait. And if you look at the ordinance, the ordinance says two feet. It says three feet. Okay, and and you were 2.5 feet. But and so we applied for a variance, and it was a quorum. Three people voted for us. One guy didn't. And um, now what – and they told us at that point, they said, um, there's nothing after this. Once you get your paperwork, nobody can fight this. So we have it um, hardy planked and bricked, and it's probably 10,000 pounds now. And the neighbor behind us, the husband, has now um, appealed it. It's interesting that the uh, next-door neighbor has appealed it when he doesn't have much to do with it. Okay, so he appeals it, but based on, oh, what well, you, based on what you say, it looks like you're going to win, except that you were in violation of the ordinance. But the fact that they, I, I asked for a variance. And they I understand, but did you, wait, and you formally asked for a variance on paper, Absolutely. and they granted you the variance. They you did. have the variance it's- in your hand. I have photos. Then you're fine. Then you're fine. Doesn't then uh, then there is they're going to have a very hard time appealing it Perfect. because the only thing that the neighbor can do is say, uh, you know what, she's violated uh, the city ordinance, and you just show. But I was given a variance. If you Perfect. have a problem, Mister Neighbor, go to the city. They're the ones that granted a variance. Harvey I, Levin would be so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I think you're going to be fine on that one. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, She's making reference to uh, Harvey Levin, who is the man who created TMZ, who I've known for decades. And even weirder than that, and people, when I tell this story, have a hard time believing it. Harvey was my ethics professor in law school. And uh, I don't know if many people know that. And a recent guest on the show. He actually, uh, and I've never had a a lawyer co-host this show ever. And in fact, uh, he uh, co-hosted, it was marginal legal advice from both of us, although his advice was uh, uh, far better than mine. It was less marginal, let's say, okay? All right, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. It's your turn. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Um, My dad died, and he left $10,000 to my niece and my nephew when they turned 21. They've turned 21, and my aunt, who's the trustee, says she has no idea where the money was. All right, that's easy. That's easy. So uh, when he left $10,000, he left it out of someplace. Uh, I mean, there was some, was there, there was an account, there was something. And more importantly, or as importantly, you have a copy of the trust, correct? I have a copy of the trust. Okay. I sent it to my aunt, who's the trustee, Uh and she says the money's gone. Okay, well, that's easy. You sue her. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a breach of fiduciary duty. You can't just okay. say the money's gone. You say, where's the money? Okay. So She's the one that her. has a duty. She has, she has to somehow track it down, and she spent the money. Melissa, it's not that hard. But if your dad died 13 years ago, uh, and he left, did he leave $10,000? Was that what the account was? 
Uh, well, it said that there should be a grandchildren's trust established, and she says it never was. She says the okay, attorney- but it, but the paperwork shows a grandchildren's trust. Yes. But was the money ever put into the trust? She says she doesn't think so. Well, that's let her tell it to a judge when you sue her. Okay, okay. so it's on her. Yeah, it is. It's, now it's uh, the problem is getting a lawyer uh, and spending <laughs> and spending the money for a lawyer for ten thousand dollars. That's the tough one. Right. But, uh, you know, this is one of those things where I would simply learn how to do it because it's pretty simple. You make this uh, you make this allegation and she says, well, none of that is true. You show the trust and you say, there it is. And he left it. Go, I don't know where the money went. And you say, well, there it is. Now, the judge may say you don't have enough proof just because he said he left ten thousand dollars. If, for example, I leave my kids $10,000 and there isn't $10,000 to leave. Oh, there was. There okay. Was and you can prove and you can prove where the money was. Okay. I mean, you can't just say there was. Do you have any access to prove that the money was there? Well, there was a bank that was in charge. Got of it. All okay. The- now, okay. So now uh, you can put some of the pieces together. And I think you have something where uh, I don't know if I'd hire a lawyer. Uh, probably not. But. You know, again, you know, learning how to do it, it's not that, it's, it, it, it's not that simple. Uh, but you sort of had no choice, do you? This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. Julie, the latest. Are you thinking about building a new fence? You know, the poet Robert Frost once said, good fences make good neighbors. All I know is a good fence keeps the weird guy next door from seeing me in my underwear. Home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Tomorrow morning at 10 on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. AM uh, 640. Bill Handel, morning crew. Oh, sorry. Not the morning crew. Bill Handel on a Saturday. God, tell you. You know, my mind always moves in that direction, doesn't it? 800-520-1-KFI. 800-520-1534. Back we go. More Handel on the law. Marginal legal advice. Okay, t- uh, Chuck. Why not you? Hello, Chuck. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Um, I bought a uh, radio of off in the background, Chuck. Okay. Yeah, I got it off. Okay. I bought a couple of tires at Sears back in November, late November. Okay. Uh, I'm 84 years old. Okay. So uh, I figured, well, now I'll get uh, statements once a month and I'll pay it off. They tires only cost about $300. Okay, I get a first statement, I make a payment. Um, I get a second statement, and I make a payment. Now, the first payment I made was $50. You only need to make it usually a minimum of $25. And uh, so, no, but I said, I'll pay 50 bucks. I'll start working on this thing right away. Okay, I got my second payment and uh, a month later, and I paid $100. And then finally I got my, uh, I thought would be my last payment. I decided, well, I'll pay this 179 that was left on the bill, and uh, that's fine. Okay, then I get a letter saying I was in arrears all right. uh, somewhere. Did you call, all right, did you, yeah, okay, you have the proof that you made all the payments, correct? You got the checks. I made all the payments. Okay, the did you call anybody? Chuck, did you call? Pardon me? Did you call anybody? 
I, I, uh, yes. And what I do they? You the, called customer service, and what do they say? They said I was paid in full. All right. I All right. right. So, what's your question? My question is this: I got this monkey on my back, and I'm going to get these letters forever. And now, wait a sec. You got a letter money. from? Okay, you got the a letter from whom? From Sears. And they're and at the same time, uh, you've been paid in full according to their customer service. Yeah, and customer. All right, you get to call customer service back. You get to call customer service back. Send them a copy saying, "Here's the proof that I paid it. Here's your statement saying I I haven't paid it. Get this straightened out." That's all you do, Chuck. Yes, but they told me I have paid it off. No, do you have the proof that you've paid it off? Do you have a written statement? I don't care what anybody told you. Do you have the proof that you paid the entire amount off? Yes. All right. Then you call. So it doesn't matter what they say. You have to put it all in writing. Okay. Let me ask you this. If this thing keeps up, can I take one of the small Yeah, uh, Not really, because you're not going to. What kind of damage? They're sending you letters? No, no. Just on uh, harassment. No, you can't go to small claims court on harassment. No, it doesn't work that way. Oh, Rich. Hi, Rich. Yes. Hey, Bill. About six months ago, my daughter sold her car to her brother. He, uh, We had a verbal contract for him to pay every month. He has since not paid one dime. Are we within our right to repossess the car? Okay. First of all, is it in her name still? Uh, it is not. So she transferred I, it. To, I, she transferred it to him. Correct. It, it was. It was in my name. And, and, it, and was it transferred? Yes. To to your son. Uh, as far as I know, I feel that. All right. And uh, there is, and she's not a lien holder or you're not a lien holder. It was a simple transfer of the car, correct? Correct. Okay. All you can, all she can do is sue him on a verbal contract. Okay. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. We can't physically take the car back. Ah, it's called theft. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Take it back. And when you call the police, explain to them how uh, even though it belongs to uh, the son, you're really not stealing his car. Right? All right, Jay. Hello, Jay. You're up. Welcome. Yes. Hi, Bill. Um, About two years back, I was uh, hospitalized on a 5150 uh, for a temporary uh, suicide. And what had happened... Wait a sec. There's no such thing as a temporary suicide. It, it It either happens or it doesn't. It was a temporary hold. I'm, ah, I temporary hold. I got yeah, it. All right. Okay, so then it had gotten upgraded to a 5250 on doctor's orders. Long story short, I uh, went to Los Angeles County Mental Health Court, followed a uh, habeas corpus, judge threw out the 5250, and said, you know, basically, you don't need to be there anymore. You're free to go. Now, okay. unfortunately, as a result of that, California state law, I lost my rights for... Uh, firearm ownership, possession, you know, et cetera, et cetera here. So uh, I've been doing a lot of Googling, and I can't seem to find it here. I was looking. Maybe you can help. I need to know which paperwork and which court have to. You would have to simply file a lawsuit uh, that you still have a right to own a firearm based on the fact that the the 5150 still allows you to have firearms, correct? No, it does not. Oh, it doesn't. So prohibited for five years. Okay, so uh, what are you going to say? Well, basically, I'm looking for a restoration of rights. I just need what to they, know. they took him away for five years, right? So, how, how do you what are, what are you going to what are you going to argue? The, the are you well, going to argue the calendar? 
No, no, no. I'm not arguing the calendar because you are allowed to petition the court. All right. So what do, what do you and so what do you plan on arguing? Asking for uh, the ability to have firearms back? Essentially, yes. Yeah. What do you What do you plan on arguing? Well, I plan on arguing because I have statements from two psychologists. Yeah. What are you? Wait a second. It doesn't matter what the statements for the psychologists say. You never were put away for fifty one fifty. It no, never. No, 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 it no. never happened. No, I saw them after I got out. And I get it. Said, you know, so it's still on your record. The 5150 is legitimate. That was not right. vacated by the court. No, the 5250. Got was. it. The so if the 5150 doesn't allow you to have firearms for five years, wh- on what basis are you going to ask for your firearms license back? Well, California state law allows you to petition the court then for petition a restoration it. of right. Okay, then petition it. Okay, so my question is: Is do you know which paperwork I would need to file in which court? It's decision? a it's, it would be a, any state court, and uh-huh. it's a straight motion to have your firearm uh, your firearm uh, right renewed. That's it. Okay, no. And 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 what are they going to say? Here's the problem. What do you think a judge is going to say? Well, it depends on the judge. Depends on the yeah. County what is the judge the going to say? What is he going to say when the law says five years? And the right to petition. You think a judge is going to say, oh, yeah? Just because uh, you're filing it? You have no argument there, Jay. Well, no, I have the argument in that I haven't had any issues since. That's not I've the been... point. You can't. That's not the basis. It is. The law says if you've been 5150 and put on hold, you do not have the right for a firearm. And your argument is going to be, I'm not arguing that I had it. All I'm doing is arguing that I haven't had any problem since. But the law allows you to do that. Then so it do it. Then do it. But what do you think a judge going to say? Just because you're allowed to sue doesn't mean you're going to win the suit. No, of course not. I was just, like I said, looking to know what I need to file. In it's a motion. It's a motion, and you're not going to get it. And frankly, a guy who's been put away for being a lunatic, do you really want him to have a gun? It's very distressing, don't you think? This is Handle on the Law. All right. Julie Slater. It's KFI's birthday. And before you ask, a gentleman never asks, and a lady never tells. But we can tell you the best news talk station in the Southland is a dame with a past. Check out the KFI timeline at KFIAM640.com, keyword museum, to see where we've been. And keep listening to KFI to find out where we're going. Happy birthday to us. An iHeart radio station. Because I'm KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here. Uh, Handel on the law. Let's do it. All right, Alex, you're up. Welcome. Hello, Alex. Hello, Mr. Handel. Yes, sir. sir. Go ahead. Good. uh, I was managing a shopping center, and one of the tenants had rent some of this uh, sport equipment, like a, a pool table and dart and those kind of things, and they weren't paying the rent. They closed the door, and after a while, I got a lawsuit letter from the company who rent these uh, equipment to the club. And they asked me to open a door to take him. I opened the door. There was nothing there. Obviously, previous owner, I mean, the owner of the club took it. 
Okay. They and they want to make and they want to and they're arguing that you are responsible. Yes. Okay. Now here here is the problem. As soon as they left, and uh, they were thrown out, didn't pay the rent. Were they evicted? By the way, Alex. No, not not uh, not Ali. My name is Ali, not Alex. Okay. Not, uh, not at that time. They got evicted. Got a letter of eviction a few months after that. They weren't paying rent. Got it. And, okay. Uh, and then, so the only ar- the all right. The only argument. Only yeah, I got it. The only argument is were you in breach uh, by uh, not changing the locks? And you're arguing no. They took it. You know what? Go talk to uh, the previous owners, the renters. It's not me. I didn't rent. A, I didn't rent it. Well, you should have. The argument's going to be, well, you should have known. You go, how the hell do I know? People can move their stuff in and out. It's true. They took me to small claim court. And? Claim court judge already uh, in favor of them. All right. Then appeal it. Then appeal it. Then appeal it. Can uh, I appeal the small claim court? Yep. You sure can. You have 30 days in which to do it. How long ago was this, Ali? It's been about uh, three weeks or so. Yep, you appeal it. Get the appeal in, and you have a trial de novo. You get a brand new trial. Oh, I see. Okay. Try it again. Hopefully, you'll be in front of another judge. All right, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. I have a 15-year-old granddaughter that I've raised since she was a year. How old? Um, She's 15? 15, one five. Okay. And a father has given up custody about eight years ago. Uh, Mom is getting remarried, my daughter, and the granddaughter wants my last name. My husband and I's last name. How do we do that? Okay. Well, first of all, uh, you have full custody of the child legally, correct? Um, I have half custody. My daughter has half custody, but she's not that involved. Mm. But she won't She won't contest it. Well, then you just file. If she's not going to contest it, then you just file. You actually, uh, yeah, just file on her behalf. I think you have to name your, I think you have to be named a guardian ad litem. Uh, and that's just, yeah, guardian ad litem. That's a D separate word, L I T E M ad litem, which gives you the ability. And now this is just me speculating. All right. Uh, and it's just me sort of kind of knowing maybe, uh, touching the law here, but I think first of all, you apply for guardian ad litem. And based on that, uh, you go ahead and apply for a name change on behalf of your granddaughter. And if there is no contesting by anybody involved, uh, parents particularly, well, they're the only people that could contest it, then you'll be okay. And you can do it. And you can do it yourself. I mean, just look, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Just look (laughs) the stuff up. It's, it's very procedural. Uh, there isn't much to it. Uh, all right, Troy. Uh, hello, Troy. You're up. Welcome. Hey, Bill. I'm a, hey, uh, straight to it. I'm a mechanic for a uh, waste, you know, recycling disposal, trash disposal company. And I had a, my question is on the wage order of Cal, California wage order four section. Oh nine, God, don't Bravo. do that to me. I have no idea what <laughs> California wage order. Yeah, basically, it states that. Mechanics having to provide their own tools and their own equipment to perform the job are required to get paid double the minimum wage. And my question to you is, I'm, I'm getting paid under that double. So, and I've brought it up. Yeah, wage, yeah, state of California, wage enforcement dis- division, that's it. That's all you have to go to. And I have no idea that that was the case, incidentally, the double wage business. Never heard of that. But, you know, then again, I don't know what the hell is in the code. So uh, just, uh, just call the state. File a claim. And that's... Um, uh, Department of, uh, in, uh, what is it again? Industrial, Department of Industrial Relations, uh, State of California. God, I hate those. You know, boring as hell. 
Uh, Joe. Hi, Joe. Oh, no. Let's. Uh... Tommy. Let's do you. Hi, hi Tommy. Hi. Yes, go ahead. Hey, listen, I was in a car accident in Pasadena on the 26th of February or something like that. And uh, I got me an attorney online and we agreed to a certain amount. What is a certain and, amount? Wait, 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 wait. You got it. You were rear ended, right? Yes, sir. You got an attorney online. We agreed to a certain amount. What is that? Well, I mean, like he agreed to uh, like forty percent of. All right, forty percent. It was a, a contingency. That's a little high, but okay, forty percent. So now, what happened? Okay, so I'm sitting here. I went and got my MRI, and I had a moment to the chiropractor. They sent me to an MRI, then I went to another place and had them read, and they say I had. Two discs in my upper spine dislocated. And I have three in my lower spine. Oh, okay. So that's a that's a decent case. All right. And so, Which what is, happened? What's your and what's your question? Which causing me some major problems. But I can't. They was going to set me up with some appointments to see a neurologist and somebody to help me with my my nerves to find out what's wrong with my nervous system. And uh, they haven't done that yet. So oh, the attorney. The way the attorney hasn't done that yet. No, the doctor, the other doctor. Okay, the doctor hasn't done it yet, has not made an appointment. How long has it been uh, since you saw that doctor and has not yet made an appointment? How long has that been? About three weeks. Okay, have you called the doctor's office and say, what the hell's going on? Okay, I called my attorney's office first, and I talked to his assistant. And And the assistant's, and they're not doing much. She said that she would call him. Okay. And she called him and told him. Okay, and she didn't. Or she did, and the the doctor isn't jumping on it. No, I called him the next day twice. I called him yesterday twice, and then nobody's returned my Okay, call. but that's over two days, right? Yes. That's no big deal, Tommy, over two days. You just have to keep on calling them. Uh, you can't assume doctors are going to call you or lawyers are going to call you back within a couple of hours. They just don't do that. Uh-huh. They just don't. For example, how long have you been waiting on this call? Uh, probably about 10 minutes. Ten minutes. That's all 10 minutes? Yeah, usually I try to keep people here 40 minutes, uh, an hour, hour and a half. But uh, just keep on calling them. That's all you have to do, Tommy. Okay? Right, yeah, there's not jumping. Oh, my lawyer didn't call me back half an hour ago. When did you leave the message? An hour ago. Eh, it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. You're not the most important person on this planet, even though you like to. Uh, like to be. We all like to be. All right. Uh, this is... Oh, yeah. We have uh, a LifeLock spot. Right. All right. Uh, breach of uh, duty. Breach of an online tool. We're talking about, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a data breach. And this is when your information is used by identity thief cockroaches. And your information is all out there, by the way. It's it's not a question of if, just when. And all of a sudden, a life, an identity thief grabs your info and establishes credit in your name. And the good stuff gets sent. Or files for your tax refund. Oh, that's a that's a joy too. When you're waiting for it and the IRS says you've already fi- you've already received your refund, huh? Huh? Here's a nightmare. So, uh what do you do? Well, I'm going to suggest uh LifeLock. LifeLock is the company that protects me, my entire family for years now. And here's what they do. As soon as a credit app is opened in your name, even a credit inquiry is opened in your name, you get the alert. They monitor it, they alert they monitor uh the the entire history of application. I mean, they do hundreds of millions of transactions every minute they look at, actually every second. And then if they detect your information, they alert you. And if your identity is compromised, what they then do is work to fix it. That's the magic of LifeLock. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But 
In my opinion, LifeLock is the best, which is why I've been they've been around in my life for so long. Membership start at $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your Ultimate Plus membership. LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. You can also call 800-LIFELOCK, 800-LIFELOCK. This is Handle on the Law. And there's Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. On the next Dark Secret Place, it appears that after a 25-year head start, the entire world is finally waking up to North Korea's nuclear program, the Chinese rushing troops to the border, the Russians rushing troops to the North Korean border, the United States rushing troops to the, well, the water. We'll talk about it on the next Dark Secret Place. The Dark Secret Place. Tonight at 10. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. KFI AM uh, 640 handle here. And uh, good morning on a Saturday. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I uh, I have I have a problem that's been going on for a long time. I'm one of four deed holders, and uh, my sister is, is the one that doesn't live there. It's me, my mother, and my father. It's a big five-bedroom house. And, um, uh, well, for, first of all, my mother isn't like the kindest, sweet mother that everybody has. She's just a completely horrible person. All right. She always has, she always has been. And... Um, she she is, takes responsibility uh, not for paying them, but for getting them paid. Uh, uh, the utilities, okay. the bills, the taxes, everything. Well, she wrote me a letter because we, we live in the same house. We haven't talked for about four years, and uh, I like it that way. I, I'm, I'm, I like it that way. Uh, but she wrote me a note uh, one day saying the, the property taxes haven't been paid in over a year. And I'm like... Why haven't they been paid? I gave her half the money for it, and she didn't use that money to pay, to pay that taxes. We almost—I guess we were almost going to lose the house, so I wound up paying the entire taxes. Nobody gave me anything for it, so I'm fine with that. Okay, I'll. I'll All right, we have to do this quickly. You can't go into this for the whole thing. What's what's going on? And ask me a question. Okay, well now the utilities, the, the electricity hasn't been paid since December. All right, so uh, if uh, if you're okay, so your your mother was supposed to pay. She got the money from everybody to pay the bill, right? Um, no, not the utilities. She actually refuses to take you. All right, who was supposed to pay the who was supposed to pay the utilities, Joe? She did. All right, she and... won't take any money from anybody else, but she lets them laugh. Okay, so what's your question? Yeah, what's your question? Oh well, well, I was just wondering what what can I do? All right, is she a, uh, is she a deed holder? She's one of the one of. Four okay, well, holders. you can't evict her, and what you can do is uh, the three of you, the rest of you, since you all own the property, uh, you can all get involved in a lawsuit with each other. Do you live on the property? Yeah, I live on the property. All right, so you don't want to force the sale, so all of you get together and sue her for her fourth, and someone else just takes over the payment. That's all real quick. Really, we could do that. Sure. What do you think? She I has. She has. The, she has the right to pay for it. Just take the oh, money. Just you... someone else pay. That's all. That what was that about? All right, Rebecca. Real quickly. Uh, hi, Rebecca. Hi. Um, I my brother is starting the divorce process. Um, his soon to be ex wife is still living at the house where he takes care of his invalid mother or our mother. 
and um, she's refusing to leave the property until her name is off the mortgage and not and off. The okay. Uh, first of all, is she a deed holder? She is. She okay, is, so you can't force her to leave. So she can make any terms she wants. Gotcha. And she could say, I want to, uh, until you get my name off the mortgage. So all he does is refi it. That's it. Put right. it, refis right. it in so his we, name, then she signs off. And if she won't sign off, uh, at that point, you just force the sale of the house. Gotcha. So it won't screw him over in the process of, of getting the divorce for her having to pay her half? No, no, no. She has to, no, 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 no. If it's joint tenancy, she has to pay for half of everything. So uh, I wouldn't worry about that. And for her to say, I'm not signing off until the mortgage is in all your name, I, that's that's reasonable. Is it? Sure. That's yeah, what I would do. Sure that he wasn't, wasn't going to get screwed over. No, you just have him, refi, have him refi the house and see. As a matter of fact, she has to sign off before the refi gets through. Gotcha. Because he's, he's trying to figure out financially. How right, he, right. How and so, incidentally, they won't, even, they won't even let her. Uh, he won't even get the money until she signs off if he's putting in his name. So, yeah, it's all reasonable. Yeah. And uh, so just do it. And uh, whatever she's asking at this point, what she's asking for is not crazy. This is Handle on the Law. AM uh, 640, Bill Handel on a uh, Saturday, coming up right after the show at 11 o'clock, Leo Laporte, the tech guy from 11 to 2, uh, then uh, the Fork Report, 2 to 5 o'clock with uh, Neil Saavedra. I think, is he still doing Easter stuff? I don't think so. Not anymore. No. Uh, oh, before and after working out, I think. That's what it is. I talked about that, that... Uh, what kind of food to eat before and after. And I eat uh, indiscriminately before, after, and during. So I'll certainly listen to that. And then 6 to 8 to 9, Mo, Mo Kelly. And followed by Monique Marvez. And then Brian Suits from 10 to midnight. Brian's on again tomorrow. Uh, new time, 8 to 10. So he has two shows, as does Mo. Tomorrow from 6 to 8. And then you just have to look it all up. And uh, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal Legal Advice. Hey, a great case in, uh, this is Australia, but I wanted to point this out. A man, uh, a photographs of a man's penis was handed to a jury and then flashed up on the screen. And this case is the case of the not working penis. Uh, the two men, and one, uh, they're Fijian, uh, Fijian Indian born, and they're on trial for multiple sexual assaults. Uh, on, of a woman who was age 15 years old at the time, and they pleaded not guilty. And it turns out one of the brothers, uh, a very overweight man, uh, told the police right after the arrest, saying, I can't use my penis. And the prosecutor showed a DVD and three photographs of uh, Arun Singh's penis. 
handed the jury of nine men and three women. The judge said, I know it's a little bit distracting, especially when uh, one of the photographs was put up on the video screen. Uh, what happened uh, a year ago or a couple years ago uh, that uh, Arun was taken to a police station in Sydney and uh, the uh, he was told uh, in an interview, you did this. He goes, I can't do anything uh, with my penis. And in an interview, the detective said, and this is all taped, you have told you told the woman to remove her clothes and you started to rub her vagina again using your hand. Nope, I didn't. And uh, then he kept on saying no. The detective suggested he also rubbed the girl's breasts. And uh, Rose said, uh, and on top of that, uh, he's accused of being uh, that he laid uh, on top of the woman again. Uh, the uh, Mr. Singh says, no, I didn't. What? And then you used your penis to penetrate her vagina. And he says, I can't use my penis. That's why my wife separated from me. It's been not, this goes back 10 years. It's not been working a long time. Diabetes keeps my penis not working. And he suffered the dysfunction uh, from diabetes for a long time. And the trial is still going on. The case of the not working penis. All you have to do is be married for decades and your penis too will not work. I hope my wife is not listening at this moment because if she is uh, Marjorie, just kidding. Hi, David. Welcome to handle on the law. Hey, Bill. The yes. Huge fan. Thank you. Sure. So uh, I was in an accident a couple weeks ago. I was the, uh, there was three cars involved. I was the middle car. We're on a freeway. Uh, traffic stopped short. I, or stopped quickly i stopped short the car behind me hits me and pushes me into the car in front of me right uh so yeah the guy in front of me he ends up having to go to the hospital and then i find out yesterday from my insurance that the woman that hit me from behind is claiming that i hit the car in front of me first and then she hit me yeah that's bull uh that's bull she can she can claim all she wants in reality you were rear-ended and well, even and even if you and even if you hit the car first, assuming that's true, she's still at fault for you. Exactly. So now, yeah, just tell you all you do is tell your insurance company that's just that's just crap. Yeah, and that's what I did. But now okay. here's the thing: the guy that's in front of me is claiming that he felt two hits, which makes it sound like I did hit him. Yeah, first. that's a problem. Yeah, that's so, not going to help you. No, it's not, and it's complete BS. Uh, why would he do uh, that? Hey, let me ask you something. Why would he do that? If it's I BS, why would he say that? My reasoning, my thought behind it would be he could claim more money from not only my insurance, but his insurance. But you see, that gets a little bit tricky because then what the logic of it, now you have two insurance companies screaming at each other as opposed to one insurance company being responsible for all of it. See, right. he, I, I don't know, because it, what they have to do is figure out, okay, he's injured. So how much of it is you? How much of it is her? Yeah. And they're all going to be, no, they're going to be pointing fingers at each other. In reality, if she has enough insurance, then it covers everything. It covers his injury. It covers your damages, whatever. So uh, the problem you're going to have is you have her saying that, they're, that you first did the hit. Yeah. You have him saying that you first did the hit. Exactly. That's a problem because you have two exactly. out of three people. Yeah. 
All you can do yeah. is uh, talk to your insurance company, and they may they may nail you on this one. I, and it, I know. I, feel, it, I know. It feels like you've been ripped off and violated, and people lie. But uh, you know, welcome to the judicial system, my man. So I guess my question is: Is should I get a lawyer? No, your insurance company will defend you. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to get a lawyer. That part of your insurance is they're going to defend you. So just, uh, yeah, just turn it over and and suck up whatever uh, ding you're going to get. You're going to probably be an yeah. at, you're going to, you may get hit with an at-fault accident with injury. Boy, is that yeah. going to screw, that's going to screw up your insurance rates for a while. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm also like $1,500 going to be out of my pocket so far in like car rental, you know? No, you get, well, no, no, you're going to get that from the gal in front, uh, behind you. Because okay. if it, whatever damage you have to the rear of the car, uh, she's going to be responsible for the front end of the car. That's going to be a problem, too. You see, this whole thing is a mess. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, but that's uh, the bottom line is you're screwed beyond screwed. And you, you have been assuming that it's what happened to you is true is even worse. Um, this is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. Julie. Coming up today on the Fork Report, unicorns, taco pizza, and grilling. Not necessarily in that order. It might be taco, pizza, grilling, and unicorns. You get the order. The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra. Today at 2, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. KFI AM 640, more simulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Sean. Sean, you're up. Hello. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have a question for you. My wife was using a uh, well-known blender. It's a uh, real high power. And uh, it exploded and fractured her jaw. Wow. Now you're, and I'm looking at the computer. It was a Ninja blender, right? Yes, sir. Well, that's what they're supposed to do. Well, it's supposed it, to it, attack it, you. And in case of you fractured her jaw, that's, that's a Ninja. Yeah, it was a Ninja. That's okay. Sure. So, um, that's uh, it exploded and fractured her jaw. Did she need surgery? Uh, yes. Yeah, ooh, did. ooh. Okay. So upon it exploding, first of all, how old is it, Sean? Brand new. We Whoa, do you have a case. And uh, now, do you have all the parts and pieces? Uh, what I could find. I mean, it, it really... Okay, you, but you have, the ba- you have the base. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. Okay. I even have the box and okay. the wrapper. Sean, Sean, you have one hell of a case. Okay. Yeah, what you're going to need a personal injury, actually, it's, well, I, not, yeah, personal injury, a lawyer, but you're also going to go for product liability uh, is basically what this case is. So what I'm going to suggest you do is you have to go to a PI lawyer, personal injury lawyer, because everyone out there will pick this case up, Sean. It's a good case. Okay. It really is. And you go to the website, handleonthelaw.com, or you can ask around. You can look on the uh, internet to see if anybody else has actually sued Ninja, maybe talk to that law firm. And okay. uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty bad. Is her jaw wired shut? Yes, it is, and she hasn't been able to eat. Yeah, breastfeeding. Oh, it's, that's too bad. Well, first of all, well, yeah, I mean that's tough on the kid. Although she's going to lose weight, and she's oh, not going to yeah. be able to the, talk a lot. That's not the end right of the world there. either. Uh, she just ran out of the room, but she's still oh both having night terrors. Oh, really bad. yeah. There's a lot there. Not only do you have uh, physical damage, physical injury, but also there's emotional injury. Sean, this is a big case. 
There really um, is. And you've got to talk to a lawyer, the old ninja exploding and blowing up. That is a case. Fracturing her jaw. But as I said, jaw wired shut. She can't talk. That's not necessarily bad. She can't eat. If you want to lose weight, not the end of the world either. Man, that's a tough one. That really is. Hi, Sandra. You're up. Welcome. Hi. How are yes, you? yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. I'm uh, asking. I've I have actually been swindled out of my life savings from a gentleman. I am elder. I also had a stroke, and he also actually even sent me to be hypnotized so that I would uh, actually work with him instead of argue with him about things. All right, Sandra. So, he wait. A he sent you to be hypnotized so you can give him all of your money. That's right, and I uh-huh. and you did based on a hypnosis. Well, based yes, mm. based hypnosis, and also him uh, saying that he was going to help me with my uh, financial situation. That was uh, to, to my divorce as far as my and, settlement. And you signed uh, all of the paperwork allowing him to have uh, total control of your money. That's correct. Uh huh. Okay. And how much are we talking about, Sandra? About $150,000. Yeehaw. And he's disappeared, correct? Oh, yeah. He's in Vegas now. You go You go to the police. Well, I went to the police, and they said, no, go to the DA. Then go to the DA. And the DA said, oh, real estate cases, uh, seven years backlog. Uh, then you have to really push it. Then you have to, because the statute of limitations is over. And no one's going to sue on your behalf, Sandra. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm- so uh, you have no choice but to use the, uh, the criminal justice system. And you have to really, really push it. That's all you can do. Is keep on pushing and pushing. You have no choice, Sandra. Okay. The statute of limitations runs? I don't know. Uh, on that four years, uh, three years, oh, okay. four this years. Is, this uh, was done last year. And yeah, then- no, you have plenty of time. But you, what you really have to do is push, push, push with the DA okay. on the fraud, Scott. Because, it, you know, on, on elder abuse, well, how old are you, Sandra? I'm 69. I'll be 70 in February. Yeah, that's pretty elderly. Yeah, although you sound better than that. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, that's the only upside. Uh, the rest of it is you have no money. It's um, yeah, that's all you can do. I mean, I, there's no lawyer that's going to pick it up. There may be some elder abuse organizations out there. Uh, I'm assuming you have a computer unless he took that, too. Right. Uh, no, I have the computer and I've actually reached out to groups, including uh, some, you know, no, they won't do it. They, they it's a nursing home statute. That's what they want to focus on. That's all they want. They, you don't have any lawyers out there that are willing to do pro bono work that you can find. I don't have that list. You're doing the research. Oh, yeah, but OK, no, so I'm let me just go. To... Let me just go back to what I originally said. Uh, the only place you can go to is the criminal justice system. And there's so many thieves out there. God. First of all, no one gets hypnotized to give up money, all right? That just doesn't happen in real life, all right? There's no hypnotist in the world that can convince you of that. And I think I, I think what Sandra is saying, she's off the phone, is I think she's trying to somehow rationalize away the fact that she got totally bamboozled and was an idiot uh, versus I was hypnotized and I have no control. Mm, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, hey, Leonard, welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, thank you. Hey, um, I'd rent a uh, a storage uh, spot for my uh, delivery van at a storage yard, and uh, I've been renting there for uh, a a few years. And uh, uh, three months ago, I made an agreement with the manager that if I pay a year in advance, that they would give me a month uh, free rent. This was agreed upon, and now... In the last couple of weeks, he sends me a letter that my rent has gone up, uh, you know, about 
oh, about $15. So uh, let me ask you, Leonard, the first thing uh, that came to mind when you said, I made a deal with the manager and we agreed, yeah. I'm assuming that it was in writing and you have a copy, correct, Leonard? Uh, I should have uh, the receipt for that. Yeah. No, 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 not the receipt of paying a, a six oh. months or a year in advance. The agreement that you would get a free month. That no, one you have. not in paper. Ah, then, Leonard, you don't have an agreement. Oh, gee. Because he's going to lie about it. Because yeah. he's already lied about it. If he agreed to a year with uh, no rent increase and he sends you a bill for a rent increase, what is he doing? He effectively is denying that you ever had the deal, which you have no deal, of which you can't prove there was a deal, which means there is no deal. Even if I have a receipt? All you have is a receipt that you paid in advance. That's it. Oh. That's not a deal. That's you paying in advance, Leonard. Oh, I I hear you. Yeah, it's just it's not a deal. Every time, I, every time for example, my wife goes shopping and uses the uh, credit card, uh, I understand that that's simply a payment uh, against her, uh, the divorce settlement. Yeah. And uh, the judge is going to say, no, that's not, because you don't have it in writing. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom with some news. KFI News, where local leads. KFI and iHeartRadio Station. AM 640, more stimulating talk, Bill Handel, Saturday morning, and welcome to Handel on the Law, marginal legal advice, when I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right. Hello, Ken, you're up. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Hi, uh, I got a question for you. I'm in a job transition right now, and um, I got vacation that I'm taking next week for a full week, but I'll have leftover vacation. Um, if I'm going to switch over to this new job legally in California, how much notice do I need to give my current employer in order to get access to those leftover vacations? You know, I don't know, but if you give two weeks' notice, that seems to be uh, what everybody says. I don't know legally if you have to give any notice. And your vacation pay is what you've earned. Yes. Uh, so it's yours uh, anyway. So I don't think you have to give notice, but why wouldn't you? Uh, because of the, the place that I'm going to go to, um, it's, they may want me to leave right away because it's on a big list that they'll be pulling names off of, basically. Yeah, but you also I mean, have to. But you, you also have to keep in in mind. Uh, let's say I'm going to hire you, Ken, and you're prepared to screw your company to come to work for me. What does that tell me about you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a, it's a sign of character. I guess. Yeah, no, I think so. For me, and you have to say, "Hey, I want this job, but I've got I've got to give this guy notice." Now, if it's a question of you not getting the job and getting the job. Uh, then you you probably have no choice, but yeah, that's what I was thinking more or less. You know, that's it's kind of a last resort kind of thing. Yeah, and you're right; it is a last resort. But the bottom line is, I don't think you have to give notice at all. And keep in mind, vacation pay is not something they give you; it's something that you've earned. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. Well, take care. I wouldn't hire him. I probably wouldn't hire him if he did give two weeks' notice. Tony, hi, Tony. Hi, Bill. Yes. I used to have a rental property out of state, 
and I had some window units, uh, air conditioning units that were in the house. Uh, they did a dismal job, so I ended up having to sell it because I wasn't making any money off my investment. They removed the AC units, and then when I let them know that I was going to sell the place, uh, they didn't return them, and they just kind of uh, blew me off. So I ended up selling the place. I now have an email saying that uh, they're charging me, and they uh, $25 a day for storage, and they want to go Ooh, Wait, wait, wait. Who is charging you? Property management company that I used to have. You used to have, and now they're charging you for storage of their units, and they took out the units? Yes, my AC units that I bought. They took them out, and now they want yeah. you to do for uh, storage? Yeah, all you do is, first of all, you don't have an agreement with them anymore, so you simply say no thank you. And what are you doing? They want $25 a day? Is that what they're saying? True. Oh, and that's crazy. Want... How about just throwing them out? Uh, well, they're the property management company. No, I understand, but what are they? They kind of can't charge you twenty five dollars a day per for a window unit to store. Yes, but they also want to collect on charges of tenant evacuation. Well, did they evict? Ten, did they evict a tenant? Uh, yes. Okay, so there are some uh, charges that you've agreed to. If they have to evict a tenant on your behalf, uh, they're not going to pay for it un- unless you have an agreement that says uh, otherwise. True. So but just, I'm also looking to get the money back for the uh, brand-new air conditioners that I had. Well, well why did they remove the air conditioners? I don't know. Then you have to say, no, no, you removed them, you shouldn't have removed them, and now you're storing them. You go, no, thank you. None of this makes sense, Tony. It really doesn't. I, I don't understand what they're doing, who they're doing, or what's going on. Uh, none of that. Hello, Sean. Uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. So I have a neighbor, uh, we have a common sense between our homes that it's falling down and it's leaning her way because she pulled out some trees, which destabilized the ground and the fence is rotting out. But that being said, I'm going, I want to lease my house and I asked her a year ago uh, to, if we could get the fence replaced. And what I want to know is, can I compel her? Okay. Uh, let's, let, let me start with, is it right down the property line? Yes. I mean, exactly. So it's not on one side or the other, or if it is, it's exactly two, for example, two inches on one, two inches on the other. Oh, I have no way of knowing that. Okay. You have, have to know that because here is what you have to prove that it is in fact on your property. If it is on her property, I mean, by an inch, Sean, you can't tell her to do anything. She can let the thing rot. However, if it's on your side, and it is, uh, and somehow it is uh, damaged because she tore out her trees. Yeah, you can replace it. Now you're only going to be able to replace it for what the fence was there. Is it a wooden fence? Yes. That's all you're probably going to be able to do. So, uh, are you on a, a reasonable relationship with her? No, uh, that's a that, problem. Therein lies the problem. We had a uh, not an illegal issue, but a, a, an issue with regarding dogs with the animal control and uh it went and you can go her way yeah i'll tell you what you can do also if you have a dog that you put right on the property line uh do you know what you can never mind Uh, i don't want to go there because the emails are going to explode (laughs) on me uh never can't talk anymore about hurting or killing dogs that's off the table now here is the problem you're going to have is it he's you know it's there's nothing easy i mean it's easy to find out you need a survey and that's going to cost you five or eight hundred dollars. So that alone is probably more money than the, it would cost to fix the uh, fence. 
Why don't you just throw a Why don't you just throw a fence on your side of the of the property and then you're done, and not even deal with her, Sean? It's it's a mess. You can you can idea. you can force it, but you have you'll be able to prove that it's down the common uh, it's it's down the property line. She go no, it's not, and you have to come to the point where you have to prove it is. Mm-hmm. Just what I would do is just build the wall. And if you have the money, I would put a concrete wall up. I know that's yeah. that's expand, but it depends on how much money you have. You want to lease it? Eh, put up another wooden fence. But I can only go it alone if it, if I put it on my property. Absolutely, you want to put okay. it. You want to make sure it's on your property. That way, any damage she does, you sue her. She can't do anything to it. Uh, but you want to put it on your property yeah, in a couple of inches. You can pull. Uh, you could probably pull the report. Uh, from the city has a survey that needed to be done when they built the house. And I don't know if it's that specific, but that might be enough to prove that you're on the other side. And I don't know how you prove that. It's a mess. So uh, the bottom line, here's what I always did. I just built a wall on my side. Okay. You know, that's, uh, there's no, that that's not an easy one. That really isn't an easy one. Hello, Jim. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Bill. Yes, sir. In the early 70s, driving home to Whittier from college, I passed a sign that said, Welcome to Whittier, hometown of President Nixon. I saw it as a blight. I needed to have one to put in my dormitory room. I I had it. I obtained one, Um, obviously not legally. Um, Can I sell that? Uh, so you you stole a Welcome Home Nixon sign 30 years well, ago, correct? Well, yes. Well, well, almost 40, but Okay, yeah. all right. Well, and you want to sell it. Yeah, can you I know put what? it on the internet? Well, it, it, the problem is it's a Class 1 felony, and it's a maximum of a five years and $10,000 fine. Jim, I'm screwing with you. Of course you can sell it. It's been so long ago, and I all, the only thing I'm interested in is how much can you get for it, Jim? Yeah, I should get free drinks for a while. You would think so. No, I definitely want, would love to know what that sign is worth when you put it on eBay. Uh, that would be terrific. Do me a favor. If you do sell it, would you let me know? Yes, sir. Yeah, send me, an, send me an email, uh, and my email is available through uh, my local radio station here in Los Angeles, so it's bill at kfiam640.com, okay? No, I'll take a picture and send it to you. That'd be great. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah. It really is a felony, and he really will go to jail. But I just just wanted to have a good time with him. <laughs> this is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. I am Leo Laporte, the tech guy. I can't believe it. I'm holding it in my hands. The brand new Samsung Galaxy S8. I got the big one, the S8 Plus. And you know what? I'm going to show great impulse control, and I am not going to open this until the show. We'll unbox the brand new Samsung phone and take a look. I'll give you my review, my quick first impressions and answer all your tech questions this weekend and every weekend with me leo laporte the tech guy leo laporte this morning at 11 kfi am 640 or stimulating talk and so it goes this is kfi am 640 more stimulating talk bill handle here on a saturday welcome aboard everybody this is handle on the law marginal legal advice where i tell you, you have absolutely no case Hi, Mark. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, I entered into a, a, a settlement contract with a large insurance company, and uh, they were supposed to uh, give me uh, two good faith checks up front for a total of uh, $201,000 and then payments for the next 17 years. I took the checks down to the bank and uh, created a new account specifically for those. Uh, the one check for $45,000 went through, and then I was notified by the bank and uh, sent in the mail uh, return on a stop payment on the second check. Okay, did you ask, did you call them up and just ask why? I asked why, and everybody's uh, walking around with their head going, gee, we've never heard of this ever happening before. All right, you may have to hire, uh, well, I wouldn't even hire a lawyer yet. Uh, now comes a a letter saying you're clearly in breach of the contract. I sent them a letter out saying that they're in breach of a contract. And they're ignoring you? I sent it to all of the different departments. Okay, of, and of there, how long ago? How long ago did you send that letter? How many weeks ago or days a ago? A couple weeks ago. All right. Well, t- a couple of weeks ago is not enough time. Well, they've had sixty days to respond. I know, to but they do it. I just formally, had, uh, I, Mark. To... I just had one of those where it was a settlement uh, that uh, we entered into. My company entered into where we were going to get paid because uh, we dealt with people that didn't do such a good job who had insurance. So we settled it. And they have to pay within 30 days, the insurance company. Correct. They ended up paying within 75 days is how long it took us to get paid. Okay. And to the point where our lawyer had to get in, that's a lawyer who arranged the settlement, had to come in and start screaming at the insurance companies. We actually had to file a lawsuit for breach before they paid. Okay. So, Mark, just get really aggressive uh, if they, they, you probably fell through the cracks, Mark. Uh, if you're dealing with a major insurance company, you are going to get paid, Mark. Yes. There's no question. And then I would turn around and see how much interest you're paid and sue them in small claims court for the interest you lost. There you go. Okay. But you'll get paid, Mark. Uh, it's it, it. That's the world of insurance. There, they grab you. You're you're a second and a half late on your auto insurance, your health insurance. You're canceled. 75 days late on a payment that was supposed to be made within 30 days, just like Mark. And that's typically what the payment, uh, the timeline normally is. Go figure, huh? Uh, Hey, Gary, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, um, I have a question for you. My wife and I own a house in Ventura, and uh, it's a smaller track, about uh, 39 lots, 39 homes. Uh, we, when we bought the house, um, were, was given a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a CCNR that uh, limited what we could do with our lot and what we could do with our home. And one of the stipulations of the CCNR has said that each of the homes has to be built on a single lot and um, that each home had to be at least 75 feet wide. There are other stipulations. But what happened was a developer got to the city of Ventura. Uh, the city approved the splitting of the lot, and now the developer is building two homes that are in violation of that CCNR in a number of different ways. Okay. So I wanted to know what our recourse is. Your recourse, I'll tell you. What you do is you get the homeowners, you get the HOA, and immediately file a lawsuit against them. Just because the city allows uh, a certain type of building uh, the uh, the community, uh, that is the HOA, also can control, and they can say no more than one lot or one home per lot. Now, 
uh, then it becomes an interesting situation where the developer now comes back and saying, you're violating my ability uh, to build housing of which uh, I am allowed to do based on the city. But I think the winner here, in my opinion, would be the HOA. But it's time to get a lawyer. You you need a land uh, use attorney, Gary, like right now. Is that a real estate attorney? Uh, It is a real estate attorney, but... It's a real estate attorney that specializes in land use, and there are uh, attorneys out there that, in fact, represent nothing but HOAs. Okay. So right, you get to you, so just go on the uh, go on the internets and uh, check them out because that is uh, no developer is going to roll over on this one. Uh, there's no way in hell, especially if you're building additional homes. That's big money for them. All right, Max. Yeah. Hi. Uh, good morning, Counselor. Yes, sir. Uh, ins- insurance claim. Uh, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let me guess. You have trouble with an insurance company. Yeah, I sure Never do. heard that uh, one before, ever, ima- Max. Imagine that. This, yeah. This was, this was named as one one nasty. Anyway, uh, anyway, they shorted me based on the estimate that they submitted. They shorted me $897. And uh, I called them a couple of times, essentially, and they told me to go pound on it. Uh, sad that is. Anyway, uh, anyway, what I did, I filed in small claims court for eight hundred ninety-seven dollars, and uh, immediately they came with a check for five hundred. And the verbiage on the check says, if I take the check, uh, that negates any further claims. Right now, I'm wondering if I take that check because I know I can kick their butt in court. If I take that check, does that negate? Uh, yes, any, uh, yes, because that's part of the agreement. The agreement is, if you accept oh. this check. Then I will not go after you. I waive all of my rights. Absolutely. Okay. So the only way you can go and kick their butt is to say no thank you to the check and go uh-huh. ahead and file in small claims court and kick their butt. Okay, that's that's what I'm going to do. All right, that's go. Good luck. Do. And uh, here's the good news. Whenever you go in front of a judge, small claims judge against an insurance company, I don't know how that works because normally they would kick it right up to superior court. And so you're really not going to be in front of a a, a judge, uh, well, at least a small claims judge, which are usually not judges. Uh, and that is, uh, and this happens all the time with big companies. They immediately make uh, a motion to kick it up, and then you have to go out and hire a lawyer, ostensibly. However, there isn't a judge in this world that has not been screwed by an insurance company. So you're coming in with an advantage. It's like dry cleaners. Never even go to small claims court, ever, because they know they're going to lose walking in the door. They just write checks. Now, the good news is they write checks for the amount of replacing a dress, and it's I've had you know, a pair of pants. They know I shop at Costco, so it wasn't even worth cashing the check. Okay, this is Handle on the Law. 